welcome to a special edition of the TFW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. I am Matt, and normally at this point, I introduce the fam, Rhodesia, and Eshan, but not today. I talked about us being guests on the Parallax Effect Podcast. Shout out to Ryan, who was the host over at that show. Uh, and he dropped that, pad, that pod this past Thursday on his feed. The conversation was great. We talked about a ton of topics uh, from how we got into wrestling, uh, our first live shows we all attended, the CM Punk drama, Cody Rhodes, and what he'll finish his story, if ever, at this point, if you watch SmackDown, and uh, much, much more. So I thought you guys would really enjoy hearing that conversation if you hadn't checked it out already. So we're going to play it right here. Um, if you do have only one way to consume that podcast, though, go watch it on YouTube as Ryan did a great job with the production, with adding some photos from us in the video. He just did a really, really good job. I think you guys will enjoy it. So search and subscribe to the Parallax Effect podcast on YouTube. That's P-A-R-A-L-L-A-X. And follow Ryan on X at Ryan Lavelle 20. Seven, But do not worry. Do not fret. We will be back on Wednesday. And boy, do we have a ton of topics to discuss. The Rock did return to SmackDown this past Friday. Not as worried about WrestleMania 20. We'll get into or WrestleMania 40. Excuse me. We'll get into that. Uh, Jay's finishing up with AEW and looks to be heading to WWE. Roman's next title defense is now set to be in Saudi on November 4th. We'll talk about that. The PWI top 500 list dropped, so we will absolutely give our thoughts on, at the very least, the top 10. Spoiler alert, how you don't have Will Ospreay in the top 10 is a travesty, but I'll give my deep dive thoughts on that on Wednesday. And CM Punk said on MMA commentary Friday that uh, he'll have some time on his hands for the next two months put two and two together uh looks like he may be talking about a potential return to all-state arena which will be in chicago for survivor series so we'll get into all that and as wrestling happens who knows what else drops between now and on wednesday so enjoy this episode and we will talk to you then drink touch that kid i if i had a bat i probably would have swung it and hit him if i if he poured a drink on my baby or spilled a drink on my kid it's over period it period uh it's over parallax you are now tuned into the parallax effect it's not the message it's the messenger what up ryan it's time Parallax, oatmeal's better than no meal. Guess who's back to make mountains out of molehills? If this don't move you, I bet my folks will. This beat's smooth, but trust me, there ain't no chill. Ask Ryan, if I'm lying, I'm flying. It's the sculpture of all aspects of the culture. Parallax, the people's podcast is back. Laying it down flat for you wherever you at. Your job, or your car, or your jog, or your flight. Loads of archives with no ending in sight. Hitting on any topic, long as it ain't no nonsense. You can see the others for the drama and the gossip. Word to Brett, best there ever was. Recognize it. 
never secondary. My eyes stay on the pocket. Parallax. And if you feeling the vibes, give us five stars. Oh, and follow and subscribe. Parallax. Sit back and recline. Relax and enjoy the ride. Cause it's that parallax. And you just passed the test. This is the parallax effect. Come on, parallax. Sit back and recline. Relax and enjoy the ride. Cause it's that parallax. And you're here. That's mad respect. Welcome to the parallax effect. Yeah. podcast where we continue to navigate through the shifting tides of perspectives. I am your host, Ryan Lavelle. Great to have you back on this week's episode as we have an action-packed sports entertainment themed show for you today. Uh, Let me quickly remind you as always that you can find us on Instagram at Parallax Effect Media, on Facebook at the Parallax Effect Podcast, on Twitter at Parallax Effects. Once again, that's Parallax Effects with an S and also on TikTok at RyloCan27 or search the Parallax Effect Media. Um, And also please subscribe to our YouTube channel. The link is in the show description as well as on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. All right, as always, we get right to it. We waste no time. I am super excited for today's guests as they are largely responsible for giving me the courage to finally execute this very show, which hopefully you enjoy. Uh, pretty much weekly, um, and it, which had remained an idea and a dream of mine for a long while until I met them. So my guests are the hosts of That's Freaking Wrestling podcast, which is one of the premier podcasts in wrestling. If you are a wrestling fan and you are not listening to this podcast, something has to change because this is uh, the place to be for all the latest wrestling news, the, the best um, um, topics of debate. Uh, the latest and greatest of everything going on in in the wonderful world of wrestling that we all love. Um, So without further ado, please let me introduce. I got Matt, I got Rhodesia, and I got E right here on the Parallax Effect podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Incredible, Tio. Amazing, Tio. Thank you. I I tell you what. We now have the crossover Parallax and TFW podcast coming together. That was a fantastic intro, but I got to put you over, Ryan. I got to put you over. We met uh, WrestleMania weekend, and you were talking about things about doing the podcast. And I'm like, man, just go out and do it. And you have hit the ground running and have started it in what? you know, two, three months after, you know, we had that conversation, man. So shout out to you. So many people who have dreams and aspirations to do things and they keep saying they want to do it and they keep saying they want to do it. They never take that step forward to do it. And you've done it, man. So shout out to you for that. And thank you for having us on your platform. We appreciate it. Oh, much appreciated. Yes. uh, That conversation was one of the most meaningful conversations regarding obviously starting the podcast that I ever had. Uh, we met at the event, uh, the kickback, uh, the super kickback hosted by Andreas Hale. Big shout out to him. Um, shout out. We saw you at the bar. We just started chatting it up. I didn't know drinks were free, so I offered to buy you one. Um, <laughs> I wasn't aware. I didn't get that memo. But uh, yeah, we struck up a, a very good conversation, and I was just kind of laying it on you like, man, I got this, and I got this ready, but I need to do that. And then you just, you know, after a while, you're like, all right, dude, look, I'm just going to tell you what you don't want to hear. Start the show. <laughs> <laughs> record an episode and i was like man 
why hasn't anybody told me that before? But they probably have. But as we say in the show intro, it's it's the message. It's the messenger, not the message. And you delivered the perfect message at the perfect time. Um, and here we are today. So thank you to each of you for uh, for helping me out with that. It, it's, it really means a lot. Hey, I always equate it to like having kids. You know, you never think you're ready. Mm-mm. And you're like, no, nah, let me push it back. Uh, you know, we need a bigger house. No, let me push it back. We need more money. No, let me push it back. It's not the right time. It's never the right time until it's the right time. So Amen. it is the right time for you, my good man. Uh, much appreciated. E, how we doing, man? It's great to meet you as well, too. Um, I want to know, you know, so I don't know too much about your backstories, each of you, where you're from. I mean, I know Detroit, I think, is where you call home. Uh, I see it on your no, shirt, it. especially Matt. Yes, sir. Um, as well, too. So tell me a little bit about, you know, upbringing, growing up over there and, and how you fell in love with wrestling. It's nice to meet you as well, Ryan. That's an amazing story. Um, I really wanted to meet, go to that event. And I'm really sad I didn't get to go, so I didn't get to experience it along with you guys. Um, but for me, uh, I've been a fan of wrestling ever since I was probably six years old. Um, I remember my first memory of wrestling, right? I'm going way back. It was uh, my brother, so he's a butthole, right? And he didn't let me hang out with him. So I had to, I had to kind of like... I had to kind of sneak and hang out with him, right? So one day, it's a Saturday, he's watching Superstars, WWF Superstars, whatever time it came on, he's watching it. And I'm a big karate guy, kung fu guy, and he's watching wrestling. I see this guy with a red, you know, bandana on and white pants, white boots, doing karate chops, doing kind of like a karate thing. I think he came out in a white dojo, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And so I'm like, oh, this this is a ninja? This is a karate guy. And so I watched the whole entire episode. And then from there, I just was immediately hooked, Ryan. I mean, I was hooked on it. Uh, I remember going to the CVS, the drugstores, getting all the magazines. Um, it just was been an amazing part of my of my journey. And I'll tell you this, and I'll pass over to Matt and Rhodesia. I was a, I was a solo fan, right? Because I, I grew up in Detroit, and wrestling wasn't cool. Um, a lot of the nerdy things I liked, you know, wasn't cool. Uh, so I kind of really kept that passion to myself. I didn't have any wrestling fans, friends growing up. Um, I didn't really get wrestling friends until I became family with Matt and Rhodesia mm. much later in my life. And in some ways, I started becoming one of those fans that was kind of, you know, I, I stopped watching wrestling as much. Um, but spending time with Matt and Rhodesia and their awesome seven foot eight son. <laughs> um, you know, just being around these guys just rekindled my passion and my love for wrestling. Um, so I don't think I would still be watching wrestling and still be as passionate if their passion didn't re-engage mine. That's the sweetest thing Ishan has for ever sure. said to me. You know what? You I, know, I, I, I could die happy. I, the intro that I we think got we from Ryan. I need to come on this podcast Ishan, every week. Yeah, like, so Ishan can continue to give us the positivity he just did. <laughs> Typically, it's like... I ain't going to tell you what he usually says about us. We are but, our best behavior. Um, <laughs> no, you know, it's funny, man. You, you talk about that. And I think, like, for me, my first memory of wrestling that I can remember is Hogan and Andre on the Brother Love show. When Hogan you know, took off the the necklace, the, the chain, and ripped it. Hogan's bleeding on his chest. I remember sitting there watching with my mom. 
and I just remember, like, this is like crazy. Like, what am I watching right now? Like, what what is really happening? Because I was big into sports, so I knew about boxing back in the day. I I was a ever since I can remember, I liked football and, and basketball, but it felt like I was immediately hooked at that moment. And of course, back then there was no pay per view, so WrestleMania three was what they were promoting. So that was what we used to call back in the day, uh, closed circuit television. You actually had to go somewhere like a movie theater to watch it. There was no pay-per-view or you called the 900 hotline. And at the time, uh, my aunt and my grandma lived across the street. And I remember we get a phone call and she just is like screaming, Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the giant. And I remember (laughs) running up the steps telling my sister, I think she was in the bathroom. I didn't care. Like, Hulk Hogan just body slammed Andre the Giant. And at that point, I was already, like, massively hooked. You couldn't tell me anything about wrestling. It was, like, every single week, you know, superstars. Every four times a year, Saturday night's main event, challenge on Sundays. Um, I, I've been hooked for my, for the most part, my entire life. It went a couple years where we kind of got out of watching, uh, particularly around the Cena era when he first started it came out of the attitude era and then we got into the ruthless aggression era mm. and I'm like all right this kind of isn't for me and then you kind of couple that with we had our son so it just wasn't a lot of time extra time to watch and then we end up getting really back into it when the rock came back when he um was the guest host of WrestleMania 27 28 I believe it was in Atlanta yeah. and we end up going to that WrestleMania and then we went to like 12 in a row after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it, it's been in my DNA the same way music is in my DNA, the way sports is in my DNA. Uh, it's just something I could not imagine not watching. Mm. Listening to y'all two definition and your first memories of what brought you into wrestling, I feel so bad. Mine was literally a phone call from my girl, Terry, t Shout out to t Hey, turn on, turn on, turn on Channel 50, UPN, United Plantation Network. Turn to UPN, and we see one time The Rock in his Versace mm. shirt on with his sideburns. And it was purely just, oh, my God, this guy is a specimen. He is fine. Ever since then, I fell in love with wrestling. In my high school, I probably, like, was kind of weird for a girl to watch wrestling. But, again, that was my absolute favorite thing to watch. All I got to see was SmackDown, so I didn't know anything about Raw. And then sure enough, later, about a year and a half later, I met somebody, the love of my life, who was even crazier about wrestling than I was. And from that moment, I was like, who's yep, that? You. Oh, <laughs> how beautiful is that? <laughs> and ever since then, I'm like, yep, this, this is it. So mine was purely off of the rock and how fine and gorgeous he was. And that probably is why I'm so infatuated about Roman now. Um, it's just something about that Samoan look. Whew. Now let's keep it moving. I and, guess. You know, well, it's funny that it's funny you say that though, because if you think about it, look how many beautiful women are in wrestling now. I'm sure a lot of guys probably off of first look were like, "Oh man, look at her, man, look yeah. at her," and that may be how they got into it. And then they sure. started getting into it for the actual, you know, everything that comes with wrestling. But looks are a big thing uh, yeah. in wrestling. We actually talked about that a, a few months ago on one of our shows. Yep. Huge you know, thing. Like, there's and not I mean... many ugly looking women or men in wrestling, they all pretty much fit that build of you want to look at them. But that, yep. that is actually uh, Vince McMahon's uh, preference too for man, male or female uh, wrestler uh, superstar is 
the look, you know, the, whether that's the yeah. great body or whatever. But yeah, Roman is someone who keeps, you know, my fiance Jasmine engaged. So she's all about the bloodline only because <laughs> of Roman. Uh, so everything, you know, that that we discuss and we talk about when we watch has a little bit of him inside, you know, in the conversation or whatnot. But my first um, experience takes me back to around 91, 92. Uh, I was I was a I guess a fringe fan of wrestling at that time. So didn't you know, wasn't a weekly watcher or anything like that. And so on the fringe, you just really know, you know, the the folks that they're pushing the most. So we knew Macho Man and Slim Jims. You know, we knew Ultimate Warrior. We obviously knew Hulk Hogan. Uh, but when I really wanted to start getting into wrestling, I wanted someone different. I didn't want to follow Hulk Hogan. You know, he was just I, the, the vitamins, prayers thing. I mean, it's a great message for kids, but I just wanted something different. Um, and then emerges Brett the Hitman Hart. And I'm like, mm. okay, this dude, like, he doesn't smile a lot. Like, he goes, he takes care of business. He takes things seriously. And back then, we weren't really sure you know, is it real? Is it not real? How much of it is, right. you know, what, what do we, you know, we're super young back then. Uh, so fast forward to SummerSlam 92, British Bulldog, like that match pulled me in. And I think it was the following year where the, uh, the rivalry with Jerry Lawler came to kiss my foot match and all that kind of stuff. And then right after King that. King of the Ring, I think, right? King of the Ring, yeah. yeah. So right <laughs> after that, I was, I was in, I was hooked. So that was my way in. So good to hear um, everybody's, uh, you know, entry story, so to speak. Um, into this uh, wonderful world of wrestling that we all enjoy. Um, those of you uh, watching or listening, you can tell this is going to be a full wrestling show. This is the episode I've been waiting to do, so I'm super excited about it. Um, so we're going to go straight from there. Um, what was your first uh, live event? Was it a house show? Was it a pay-per-view? Was it a Monday Night Raw, SmackDown? I can't remember, Matt. You, I went with you. Yeah, your first was... Actually, I think your first may have been a house show. It was, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it was Brock hadn't debuted on TV yet, so they had him on the house show loops destroying Spike Dudley, and that was the match that we had. Uh, Jericho and Rock was on top, so that was the main event. Uh, I think that was your first show, and then we went to SmackDown or Raw after that. Mine's was Saturday Night Main Event. Mm. And this is probably 80, man, 85, 86. It was a battle royal. And I remember we got, uh, we had floor seats. If anybody's ever been to a wrestling show, of course I'm tall enough now, but if you are short or you're a kid, if you can't get the first two rows, don't even bother. Start, mm. go first level, go second level, go third level. Cause you can't it's see like that for me now. Me too. And uh, <laughs> we weren't first or second. Aww row but we were on the floor and i couldn't see anything and good luck trying to get people to sit down so my dad was a police officer at the time so he you know talked to one of the security guys and they moved us so we could start seeing but by that time the battle royal was over and that was all i cared about i was a huge hawkamaniac you know hawkamania fan they threw him over the top he didn't win the battle royal i was ready to go at that point uh but that was my that was my first ever show that we've ever gone to you know what? Um, I didn't go to shows really um, until I became an, uh, an adult. I did go to a Raw with a couple buddies um, that weren't super passionate about wrestling as I am. and But we were like in the upper levels, like way in the back, kind of, you know, we just want to get in the building type seats. Right. 
and I, I honestly, so it was a funny story. I well, I kind of remember falling asleep Ooh. during like the pre matches, and that's the only thing memorable about that I remember. So for me, I, I, I kind of want to remember like my first memorable show that I went to, um, and that was my first WrestleMania, and that was with these guys. Mm. It was in Dallas, Texas, and man, that just was an awesome experience. I never had been to a WrestleMania, never been to a show that big before. The entire, you know, you guys just went to Nomania, California. Just the the entire weekend just was so awesome to be around fans, the fan access, um, to be in the building, to be at the show, the, the lights. Um, it just was a just an amazing experience for me to be able to share a moment with my best friends. My wife was there, and that's another story too. Like, you know, when I when I met my wife, right? <laughs> she used to watch all the the shows with me, man. Let me tell you, oh, Ryan. <laughs> When we were dating, you know, I'm like, oh man, I love this girl. Like, she's, like, she's actually Uh-oh. watching all the shows, and she's like intense. She's like watching it, man. Like, her eyes is she's in it, right? Right. We get what married. Happened? We get married. I can't get this woman to watch wrestling. Like, <laughs> wrestling comes on, she goes in the other room, right? Like, anytime it comes on, she's just out of there, right? But when I go to the shows, I gotta drag her to the show because she has to be involved. She likes to experience. She says, but she really tricked me. But yeah, it was just an amazing WrestleMania experience for me. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and I can't, as I asked that question, I was thinking of my own answer and I know house shows were my first experience and I don't remember obviously each one because you know, they're kind of a blur, especially this late in the game, whatever. Uh, but one thing I do remember is for the first time seeing Yokozuna live. Seeing Yokozuna Mm. live was like, he was, you know, there, that's what they say. They're, you know, a certain, they're, they're big on TV. They are bigger in person. And I couldn't believe that was one person. I'm like, this is, how does this even work in, on, you know, my mind started going airplanes, cars, you know, so I couldn't even imagine seeing something like Andre the Giant live. Um, But the first uh, uh, premium event was uh, WrestleMania uh, 12, right? That was the Iron Man match, right? Uh, In Anaheim. Uh, you know, at the at the what then was the Anaheim Pond is now the Honda Center where the Ducks play. Um, so I we I knew I had to go. So my best friend, my brother, um, I think my dad bought us tickets. And like you said, E, we was way up top. You know, helping change light bulbs on the top of the ceiling. You know, <laughs> you know how that that goes. Um, but yeah, that was my first event, and uh, I, you know, kind of not not embarrassed to say, I think I shed a tear at the end of that match when Brett lost. Um. I didn't, you know, like we said, we didn't really know. We didn't have a feel for what was scripted, what wasn't, and how it was going to be scripted. I don't, I didn't have that savvy at that time to kind of know, like, all right, this might be the way it's going to go. Um, so I was disappointed, and I left there disappointed that day. No, so Ryan, yeah. two quick questions for you. Do you remember when you realized it was predetermined? Uh, it was definitely somewhere around that time. Maybe, maybe it was definitely before WrestleMania ten. So. Um, but I just didn't really have a feel for like how the match was going to go based on the shows leading up to the match. You know, you kind of get an Got idea it. of who's being pushed and who is whatever, you know, the, whatever is happening. And I didn't really, I was just along for the ride at that point. And then my second question is, have you gone back to watch that match? And have you realized that is one of the most overrated matches in WWE history. <laughs> part A to that question is yes. Part B to that question, it, it is one of the quintessential matches in WWE history. They've tried to duplicate <laughs> it several times with several and top talents. Never it. have been they've able to quite it. do it. 
The only one I think was uh, who was uh, who was the women's Iron Man match with uh, Sasha, I think, and, Sasha, and, uh, Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, yeah. That thirty, 30 was minutes. Good. That one yep. was good, uh, but none of the other ones could hold a candle to to Brett and Sean. That's hilarious. I think Brett and Sean is one of the most overrated matches in the history of the business. And I haven't watched it probably in over a decade. Maybe I need to go back and watch it. But I remember watching it the first time, and I'm like, this isn't good. And I think a lot of people just act like they thought it was good because it's 60 minutes. First time we've seen it in the United States. Nah, I was. You're not convinced. So we need to watch it no. together and cast. Yeah. It. So you and I that need to do a good. cast and watch it together and, and do commentary. We'll turn We'll turn off uh, Jim Ross. No, no disrespect to him. I love the guy. But and we'll we'll do it ourselves. How's that? And then about 29 minutes in when you're like, damn, this really is overrated. We can <laughs> turn on like MJF and Brian Danielson's Iron Man match that Killer kills that one, or even like Triple H and Rock was better Tri- than no, that Triple Iron H Man and Rock match. was not better than Brett and Sean. <laughs> this had pageantry, this had emotion, you could see it in there. I, I mean, and I give Sean a lot, of, you know what? Let's stick to that ri- rivalry for a second because I think because of how early the rivalry ended, because it got obviously too real, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't get enough credit for what it did for wrestling and how good it actually was. Um, especially coming down to Survivor Series 97. We obviously all know what happened there. But I went back and watched that match. But let me say this first. When that match ended, I quit WWF at the time myself. Wow. Brett's out, I'm out. I'm not doing this. This is, this is, not, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Um, so uh, uh, um, some of you explained the gaps you might have taken in wrestling at certain times. That was my gap in wrestling and probably till about, I don't know, 2005, uh, 2006, when they brought him back for the Hall of Fame. Uh, so, but anyway, that match was really good. Um, obviously, before the ending, do you do any of you have any feelings on that, or Man, the rivalry in general? Well, when I love that match, I thought the intensity was off the charts. That that is a perfect. Hello, CM Punk. Hello, Young Bucks. Hello, Kenny Omega. That is a perfect tape to pop in if you have real life issues, but then you keep it professional, but you stay snug. Mm-hmm. that is the carbon copy of what anything should look like going forward hell we saw matt hardy and edge and we knew right. how deep oh, that yes. was mm-hmm. same thing with that worked really snug but still super professional but it's funny you bring up like brett and, and sean either you're one or the other either you're a brett yep. guy or you're a sean guy i've Very never true. met anybody who was like ah I could take or leave either one of them. Nope. Everybody besides Rhodesia, because she doesn't count. She wasn't watching wrestling back then. I wasn't. <laughs> like, 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 E, you are a Sean guy. He is a Sean guy. Like, through and Sup- through. Super Sean guy. Speak on that. But um, I, I will say this, though, to be honest. There you go. I hit it. I was trying to I'll let you know, Ryan. <laughs> we talk about how many times I'll say be honest on the podcast. <laughs> that's okay. my thing. All right, we got that's one. Be my, that's, just, well, that's just my thing. Right? That's, just my, that's my phrase. Okay. I appreciate Brett, even even back in during that time frame. Now, I think now that I'm a little older, I uh, go back and see some of his matches. I appreciate them a little more um, because Brett had a, a a series of great matches with Kevin Nash, of all people. Um, he had a great match with Undertaker. Um, he had some really nice matches. Now he had kind of a predictable cadence to his matches. Um, you know, he had like the 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 elbow off the off the top on onto his knees the you know the um swinging back breaker he had like a cadence but it it always looked pretty good but to match point Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time mm. and i really appreciated their matches 
I appreciated their feuds. But I will say, as a fan of Shawn Michaels' the Iron Man match, I remember watching it and was kind of bored during the match. Oh, so we got, um, we got we got two against one here for that one, huh? Yeah, but you know, I'm definitely down again. So that I haven't I haven't seen that match in probably 15 years or so. Yeah, I would love to. Maybe now I'm a little bit of a mature man and fan. Maybe I can appreciate the slower pace of that match, right? Yeah. Like some, same thing about Brett. I like I I was never against Brett. I would never say I was an anti-Brett guy. Um, I think I actually thought he looked cool. I like the pink and black. I like the glasses. I like his, his whole little setup. Is that Shawn Michaels was, was my man? But I appreciate his matches more now as an older fan. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I go back and watch that Iron Man match, I might appreciate it a little bit more. I think. And the Sean... thing about Brett too. Ryan, Go ahead, think about Brett, to your point with, with you being such a Brett guy, Brett was the first main wrestler, if you take away the pink and black, he was just a damn good wrestler. He was a wrestler. He, it wasn't a gimmick. He wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. a, he's crazy or he's a dead man or he's a, you know, at the time, 12-time champion. No, he's Brett Hart. And he had a level of realism to his promos, to his matches. Like one of the things about Brett that I love so much was his strikes, Mm -hmm. his working punch and his kicks. He comes full force and he's never given somebody a black eye. He's never hurt anybody in the ring. Like, and that, that should speak for something. Um, And I think that's why we all kind of gravitate to Brett, even if he's not your favorite. Everybody has a special place in their heart for Brett because he was the first guy, I think, on TV, especially when he got away from the tag team, the Heart Foundation. You're like, oh, no, like, he's real, though. Like, yeah, I know, like, whatever may be going on, but he's he's real. Like, right. That, that's a cool guy. And to yeah. be and, and let me let me go back to Sean real quick, because I think that the kind of second half of his career really, really helped. Um, build back his his persona, his character that you know, we all know how he was in the 90s, how he was difficult to deal with. Um, so I think that redemption story was very great for him. But for Brett, um, being the guy to come out of the Hogan era, first of all, was very tough. And when you look at him and his, and his physique and his buildup, he was kind of billed as a smaller guy. But to your point, he, he had a lot of power moves. He was a, he was a mm. powerful technical wrestler. Um, you give Sean definitely the, the nod on the aerial skills and different things like that, which definitely deserves a ton of credit. Um, but I give Brett a lot of credit in that way, becoming from the land of the giants to take it to the former mid carters to say, Hey, we need to be on the top of the card. So I think he did a lot for the future of wrestling in that way. And plus the rivalries that he had with Sean, especially the one that gave way to stone cold, right? He comes back and says, I want to work with Austin. And you know, Austin's not really established at that point, Steve Austin. Um, and as soon as he works with Brett, that just puts him, you know, right over the top. So it's those things that I also attribute that that make his run um, um, that much more meaningful. He was an excellence of execution. And you know what? You think about Brett as a wrestler, his style can be in any generation. Like you, Brett Hart can transport from the 90s into today and have five-star matches with anybody in any of the promotions, right? A lot of those older wrestlers that we might say was great back in the day, their style may not might not transcend but his definitely does uh he definitely was underappreciated and maybe a little ahead of his time mm. well, yeah you know how i, to work. You know I how can to definitely work. see i can see the being ahead of his time 
Um, what I will say is I'm excited to do this live broadcast next time for us to all watch it. I've never watched the Iron Man match. I've seen like the very end of it, but the full 60 minutes, I'm assuming the 60 minutes, I never actually watched it from beginning to end. So this is going to be, I think I'll be the tiebreaker here to see like, is it really overrated or if it's not overrated? Yeah, but we're going to send you the build up and everything that led up to it first so you can have that type of like anticipation, you know? Yeah, Yeah. that I felt, you know, before I I went down there to, to WrestleMania 12. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we mentioned the parallels to some of the uh, current uh, real rivalries going on in wrestling right now. That being CM Punk, especially, is the I think the hottest story behind in you know in the gorilla position or in the locker room um, as well too. How are we feeling about that? Was was the right decision by Tony? Are you back in Tony and AEW? Are you back in CM Punk? Where do you stand on this? We'll start with you, Rhodesia. Uh oh. Exactly. So I said this before that we CM Punk should have never came back to AEW after the scrum, the all out scrum, the total disrespect that he had for this man that was sitting next to him. He acted like a straight up ass. He showed completely showed us the bad side of him. He's too, I don't want to say old. It's not fair. He's too mature and too much of a veteran to even do what he did at all out scrum. That already set the tone for me. So he already came with baggage already being polarized coming from a- from WWE. I get how that ended. And I understand now that he was not in the right mental capacity. His body was hurting. He was breaking down. All of that. I get that. But just overall, I never cared for Punk's run back when he came to AEW. Initially, I did. Again, everybody. He was gone, what, seven years? We were there not at the, when he first came back, but we were there for all out, double or nothing, whatever um he came back at but point is i was uh, happy for that because anybody who was a pro wrestling fan would be happy for that but then he showed his ass over and over Mm. and over again then he comes back he gets collision debuted collision completely acts ass on collision as well throwing people under the bus from that moment on i'm like no i'm over it completely through with him completely done with him i am a cm punk hater they'll probably tell you that so for me Tony did a great job. I think not only one did he put his foot down and put on his big boy pants. He also set a tone for his locker room that, listen, we're not going to keep doing this. All in was their biggest show, pro wrestling biggest show. Somebody can argue. And it has this black cloud over it because of what happened. Good riddance. She hot over there. That's what Um, you call a promo right there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, Ryan, I I think that it was the right decision to let him go once all the information came out. If Tony felt like his life was in danger and his safety was uh, was in danger, and you know the crew was in danger, and all these different things, and Punk was a common denominator in a lot of the negativity surrounding AEW, I think it's unfortunate. And in a lot of ways, I think it's it's something that possibly could have been avoided if things were handled the correct way from the very beginning, especially when some of these rips started happening backstage with the hangman and the the bucks and the different places. I think that because this is what I do know. I don't think this would have happened in WWE. In in any way, right? And you can call it, you know, the the structure, discipline, leadership, whatever it may have been. This wouldn't happen in WWE. This wouldn't happen in any really professional setting. 
So the fact that it happened in, in AEW, and this is really isn't, you know, we're looking at Punk, but this isn't the first time this, these things have crept up in AEW. So I think that's part of the problem that there's an infrastructure that allows this kind of behavior to kind of like fester and grow out of control. And because that structure isn't as sound as, as it is, I think somebody like a CM Punk who probably needed it like to be kind of insulated, who needed firm leadership, um, was able to kind of fl- you know flutter out of control. Mm. Um, but ultimately, yes, I think it was uh, uh, um, the right decision. I think is a regrettable decision. Uh, I told the guys the other day that I feel bad for AEW. I feel bad for the fans because Collision was a really good show. Um, I think that he, CM Punk was definitely a star for that company that needs stars in that company. So the fact that it didn't work out, I think it's regrettable. Yeah, Tony didn't have a choice in, in at this particular spot. There was no option. If whatever happened, happened, where he, you know, his life, he felt like his life was in danger. That could be some lawyer speak, for sure. But my assumption is... It was much more than what we've heard surrounding just a little bit of tussle between Jack Perry and CM Punk. There's more to that. CM Punk hollers to Tony Khan, I hate this place. Nobody else in the world can probably tell their boss, (laughs) I hate this place, and then come back to work like nothing's happened in front of your entire roster on your biggest show in history after you've already had these other issues. I am a punk apologist. I love CM Punk in terms of what he brings to wrestling. I think he's one of the most smart wrestlers that know how to use what they have, probably in the history of the business. You look at CM Punk, if you saw him walking down the street, you would never take a second look at CM Punk. You see CM Punk on television with a microphone in his hand, you can't take your eyes off of him. That's fair. It's pretty incredible when you think about that. But Tony had to do what he had to do. Um, If you were to take CM Punk's name off and just say, hey, this wrestler is going to trash your EVPs after a match in a shoot-style promo, throw them under the bus, then gets into a fight with those EVPs after that, then we give this person their own show for the most part on Saturday so they don't have to mingle with those said EVPs on Wednesday show. He gets into it with a couple of wrestlers backstage in the first few weeks of this show. He tells talent relations, the head of talent relations, you can't be here. You would say, hey, should we keep this person? Oh, yeah. And then uh, gets into a fight with someone who was on the pre-show at the biggest show in the history of our company in Wembley. Should this person still be here? Everybody would say, got to get rid of him. And then when you say, oh, but that person's CM Punk. You, get, you kind of take a pause a little bit. The only person that you can compare it to in WWE will be Roman. And say, okay, if Roman did those exact same things, do they pull the trigger on Roman? And I don't think they would pull the trigger on Roman. But CM Punk's not Roman. Right. And So that's, that's, that's basically what it is. Yeah, and here for me is the real case of we saw live and in vivo that uh, CM Punk has never healed from what happened in WWE. He's just never healed. And you see some folks who are wrong. And let let me, let's just put this out there because CM, and like you mentioned, Matt, um, CM Punk was wrong in WWE. 
for your champion for 400 some days. You don't headline WrestleMania. I get it. You had Rock and Cena two years in a row around that time or whatever. Uh, but that is your dream to headline WrestleMania. They did not give that to you. You were the champion. I see. I get it. But at the same time, you know, that that kind of belittles or that kind of uh, lessens that championship rank. Right. So that falls apart. We all we obviously know what happened after that. But we saw that he never healed from that. And now in this situation and. I'm not trying to throw any shots at Tony Khan or AEW or anybody, but Tony Khan is not an experienced promoter that Vince McMahon is. Vince McMahon let CM Punk air out his grievances with the pipe bomb promo. There was reality in that promo. Vince McMahon let Paul Heyman air out his grievances in that promo that he had in the early to mid-2000s. And Paul Heyman tells the story. Vince said, just go say whatever. Make me money. I don't care. So there we is. don't have that kind of situation here in AMW to, to handle. And, and, and Punk is used to that, as you mentioned, uh, E, that style of treatment in the WWE where this wouldn't have happened. But you don't have that protection in AEW. And everything went awry. It went awry. And, and to your point with Vince, Vince would always look at what's best for business mm-hmm. in a different way than Tony Khan. Tony Khan looked at Punk as he's best for business. That's why he's here. Vince would say, okay, you guys have an issue? Come to my office, let's talk this out, and now we're going to make money with it. Right. We, we, we spoke about earlier Edge and Matt Hardy. Talked about Brett and Sean. Um, There's countless over, the, over the, the, the years in WWE. There is no way, though, that – and Punk knows this, and we talked about it on, on our pod this, this past week. I think Punk's going to WWE. I think you absolutely, if you're Triple H, you make that phone call – you run it by a couple of really, really top, top, top wrestlers to say, hey, what's your thoughts about us bringing this guy into the locker room? Because we don't get this punk in WWE. Punk would never go into business for himself out on live TV. He would never cut a shoot promo sitting next to Triple H at WrestleMania's press conference after the, the PLE's over. It's a completely different person. I personally think, and I don't think I even said this yet, uh, I think he got fired on purpose. I think he wanted to get fired. If you go back to before he came back, remember he showed up when WWE was in Chicago. Yeah. All-State Arena. He shows up. What are you showing up for? I personally think he showed up, yes, to make amends, but then also to ask Triple H, hey, if this falls through, is there a home for me here? And Triple H made to say, hey, we'll talk. And that's it. But I really believe he hated AEW that much to where he's like, if I can get out of my contract, I think I can go back to WWE. Because he's lost out on millions. If you look at the, the way they spoke in that statement that Tony Khan released, I, he's not getting paid out the rest of his contract. I don't even think there's a non-compete. So I don't even think he's getting paid for the next 90 days. I think this was completely termination because they said with cause. So I think that he has completely lost out on millions of dollars. And not to say who knows how his financial situation is, but everybody misses a million, some millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think now the only place that can pay him that is WWE. So the next question definitely was, should WWE take him back? Um, and some of the um, additional sub-questions I have for that as well, too, is where does he fit in the card? You're, you got very strong pushes for several wrestlers. Obviously, we have Roman on the top, um, but Cody's getting a great push. Seth Rollins is as over as he's ever ever been um you have a lot going on there already where does he belong on that card how about you e 
you know, when I look, when I think about uh, SmackDown right now, it was very top heavy. Might be working. You know, you, have, you take Roman off the show right now, right? He's gone for, I don't know, what, four or five months, something like that. Matt, you, you mentioned he wasn't on these uh, covers for some of these uh, PLEs. Yeah, he has not been announced for any PLE that is on sale right now. So they've gone all the way up to November, no Roman. So that's at least three months, allegedly. He's not going to be on any of these PLEs. And who's the top guy right now on SmackDown? Is it LA Knight? You know, I actually don't know who the actual top guy is. So there's definitely a a spot for him there, especially if Roman is, you know, he's only going to wrestle uh, maybe every couple of months. He's going to, you know, he's only going to defend the championship every, you know, six months. So there's definitely somebody, there's a position there that he can fill. Um, but also you think about Raw. Raw's a three-hour show. And this is one thing I appreciate watching Raw under the Triple H era is that, He's trying to utilize more of the roster to fill time instead of have spreading out the same 10 people across three hours of television. You're really stretching out promos, stretching out matches. He's trying to fill that card up. So there's definitely a lot of real estate available to him. Uh, because I, I think about, you know, the top guys, you got Roman, right, who's a part-timer. You got Brock, who's a part-timer. Um, next, you got, you know, Cody, big time. That's my man, Cody. If you don't know Ryan, I love me some Cody. We, we get uh, then him. you got, then you got Seth, who I think is a is, is much further down the pole than a Cody, a Brock, and a Roman. Um, then after him, you got everybody else. CM Punk can go right on top of Seth. He can be right in that in that metric for a short period of time, maybe just to get some of those other guys over because Punk is forty four years old, right? The 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 timer is ticking for him he's looking like papa punk in aew right <laughs> so there's definitely opportunity for him so i'm gonna have to i said i don't want on the other show i don't want him coming to the wwe just for purposes i'm gonna entertain this conversation here if punk does come back to wwe you can actually put him with anybody the beauty of cm punk so now i'm about to kind of eat my words here he is a smart, veteran, seasoned wrestler. He knows how to put a match together. He knows how to engage the crowd. Like Matt said before, he's just a smart person. He knows how to do this. You can pair him up with anybody, say top heavy. You can pair him up with Roman. You can bring him all the way down to somebody like a Seth. And, I'm not, and I actually think Seth is actually a top tier guy. But I'm just saying, you could throw him in there with Jew. He is so versatile that CM Punk could work with anybody and make any storyline better and can make that actual campaign or program better. So that might be kind of a cheap answer, but Punk is just that good in the ring that you could pair him with anybody. Well, and the thing too, Ryan, if you think about the way WWE typically does business, when they have big stars, Roman, Goldberg, Brock, Cody, um, when they come in, there is a, I say Roman now, not when he was with the Shield, but when they come in, there is a distinct role for them. They just don't sign top talent and say, we'll figure it out when you, when you get here. No, it's typically, you're going to come in and here's your program. Because they're really into telling stories. If you look at Punk, it is so many ready-made stories. Do we forget? He's basically the one that put the shield together. Oh my God, is there not a story there with Roman and Heyman? 
you can mm-hmm. run that for six months. Okay, so now we just took care of if he shows up in November at the end of Survivor Series, that takes you to WrestleMania. If you wanted to do that, think about the stories that they have that they could use with Cody and Punk. Oh my God. The place you left, I had to come save. There is just so much they can use with that. That can run you four to five months. Seth and Punk, the the bar is back and forth in interviews, you know, where Seth mm-hmm. said he's a cancer. There is so much they can bring there too. So you're talking, if they one. were to bring him in there, you're talking two years of ready-made stories mm-hmm. right off the bat. But then you're, you're, I guess the next question would be, do they need them? Do, do they need Punk? They don't need Punk. I think they needed Cody. Mm-hmm. Cody was completely different. Well, Cody, Cody was to come an home EVP. Too, right? Correct. But you look at it and you say, all right, we, we need you, Cody. I don't yeah. know. I don't think they need Punk. But boy, would that be a blow to AEW? And would that sell a ton of merch <laughs> and ticket sales if he's back in WWE? I think that there's definitely money to be made. Um, I agree with you, Matt. And I agree with you too, Rhodesia. They don't need him. And I don't really think, you know, uh, he's had his, his go, right? You had an opportunity here. You had an opportunity there. They brought you back. What happens when, uh, when uh, CM Punk doesn't get what he wants in WWE, you know, is, 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 you know, and I'm confident that Triple H has the, you know, uh, the wherewithal to manage him. But do you even just want to deal with that? Oh, man, CM Punk's outside. All right, let him in. What, do you, what does he want? Um, do you want to <laughs> deal with that? But um, as we transition, because you did bring, bring up Cody, and I wanted to promise you, E, because we are going to talk some Cody on this show, because I'm high on Cody, too. Um, hey, let's I wanna go. Know, I want to know a couple things. Um, leaving AEW, the, the place that arguably he, you know, along with the Young Bucks created to come back and chase the WWE championship. He finds himself in a position where that's probably not. And we'll talk about later what we think is going to happen. Um, probably not a direct possibility, but we had the main event at WrestleMania, um, which, you know, I didn't think he was going to win that match, but the WWE did a very great job of making you think as hard as they could that he possibly could finish the story. Um, Good job, where- Ryan. I, I am glad, Ryan, that you understood. And you didn't fall for it. You didn't fall for the banana in the tailpipe, <laughs> and you knew it was not Cody's time yet. He had to go through some more bumps to get to that top of the mountain. This guy, E here, tried to tell us every single week Cody's winning at WrestleMania. And I, this man was so depressed, probably up until like June or July. He wasn't the same yeah. Eshan on our show. He kind of got out of his funk a little bit. He kind of got out of his funk a little bit, but a I personally bit. thought that the end of WrestleMania Night 2 was the end of the best ending in the history of any match in WWE history. No, it was it was the beginning of the end of the bloodline. That's why you're crapping on bloodline now is because <laughs> you had one crappy finish at a WrestleMania. And now it was the end of the bloodline. I think it started with it started with Cody. It so Cody did Cody. achieve something. He no? just didn't right. win the Rebel. championship. And you know what? Oh my God. This this is why Cody and I are on the same page because he told Roman what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. He said Which, he said, like, hey, they're gonna start leaving you. And what you gonna do? And and look, we got main event Jay Uso. On uh on Raw, mm-hmm. I guess I guess I guess uh, Jimmy went back to him. I don't I don't know what's going on, but it's it's some fractures. It ain't right. So Cody he, he's a, he's ahead of his time. 
clairvoyant Cody. I call him the pyromaniac because oh. he has at least two sets of pyro <laughs> when he comes out there. Um, yep. Oh and, but I, I really want to oh give Cody his flowers because he took his own, and I don't know who else has done this better than Kobe. Cody. He took his Let me own turn this career up. and turned it around to his benefit, right? He knew, and did, did you watch the uh, uh, Becoming Nightmare? Um, I remember the oh title. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, so well put Cody together. Ro- yep, yep. Becoming Cody Rose, such Incredible. a great, yep. so well put together, such a great story. Um, he knew, you know, he was he was at his at his ceiling, his first run there. Um, went, found himself, found, g- created his own gimmick, and it was so good. Now, now Vince McMahon doesn't like bring in gimmicks he doesn't come up with, or yeah. whoever was in charge mm-hmm. of bringing them back. Um, Talk so to him, comes in. Talk to him. Brings his own gimmick back with him, and it's just—I mean—that that night when he appeared um, out of the uh, the little elevator coming up onto the stage against Seth was—you know—we we we tend to know what things are going to happen, but that still gave me a little bit of chill seeing that moment. And it was crazy too, Ryan, when he talked about he thought he may get booed, and it's so crazy to hear all these just professional athletes if they get injured or they leave to come back, you know, home to the team they were with before. And they kind of say the same thing. What if I'm not the same? What if they don't remember me? What if I get booed? It's like, Cody, dude, you're coming home, man. Like, there is no way you were going to get booed in front of that WrestleMania crowd. It's, to me, that's, that's just fascinating that they have that thought a lot of times. Now, being booed at WrestleMania, for sure, I don't think anybody would have booed him. But I'm not going to act like when I first saw him back on Raw that I was actually happy. Um, I don't think we were recording pods at that time. I would, but Matt knew I was absolutely pissed off at him. I think the only other time I was more pissed off was when Undertaker lost to Brock um, in WrestleMania. Uh, he the streak was broken. I was livid, Ryan. I was so pissed. And and of course, Matt, being a sound mind and a reasonable mind, hey, listen, this is a story here. He has to go back. He has to win this. But no, you t- you practically tore that company down. You didn't tear it, but to go build a new one. You built your new company on the foundation of FWWE. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm for you. I'm rocking AEW now, too, because, yeah, F, FWWE. Next thing I know, I look up, you done went back to your ex-boyfriend. Rhodesia worked herself into a shoot, is I what that was. I absolutely worked myself into a shoot. I was living I for it. probably, what, maybe a good couple months until I had yeah, to see I'm the like, bigger you picture. Yeah, I'm like, you got to relax. You got to relax. I, I, was, I was angry. <laughs> of course, now going back to watching Becoming Cody Rhodes or Becoming Nightmare, whatever it's called so beautifully done like i think of like the the 30 for 30s that they have it almost felt like that it was such a beautiful piece of work and it brought it full circle and no one who probably felt like i felt in the beginning should not feel that that same way after watching that because i saw me and him not an actual wrestler but yeah you left home you thought you wanted to go create your own future but in the end of the day it's okay to still want to be home it's still okay to do that and not to forget what your roots are. And now you're even bigger and better. And what you said as far as him going out, proving to himself, he even wrote down all the matches he wanted to have and um, all his independence and all this in the independent wrestling scene. I commend him. You go from making WWE money to 200 people, 50 people in an arena. That has to do something to you. You're even your psycho, like you're in your psyche. And for him to actually go and do that and want to do that, he had a, pro- a point to prove to himself. And I am happy that he was able to do that. You know what a strange thing is, Ryan? I, t- I shared this with Matt and Rhodesia. Uh, as big of a fan of Cody I- I- as I am, I haven't seen that documentary yet. Mm. It's really strange. We, tr- we trashed him for that, too. 
Yeah. How you, Dude, gonna, you gotta watch it. You maybe, gotta watch it, man. It, maybe you already you know to. everything that's already in it, but just the way that it's put together, man, you, you'll yep. you'll appreciate it, you know, a thousand times more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not really a big documentary guy, even though I love like the Dark Side of the Ring stuff for some reason. Um, but you're right. The thing is, I, I knew Cody's story. Uh, one thing I'll share with you, I mentioned like my first major experience at a, a wrestling show was WrestleMania. Uh, in Dallas, I actually met Cody Rhodes for the first time at that fan SS and he was Stardust. Right. Um, I think he would play Stardust and at the, at Mania. Yeah, we was, were there too. He came to the show. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was Cody Rhodes. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if you go to a WrestleMania SS, it's kind of like a rat race, right? It's kind of like, it's just like Matt, it's like rats in a, in, in a maze. Um, but in his line, it was like no one in the, in, in, in his line. So I don't know if people didn't know he was there or if people didn't know who he was because he was playing starters at the time, but I was so excited, right? And I was quietly excited too. I don't think my wife even knew how excited I was. I was so excited. I was kind of doing like this little quiet, determined walk to hurry up and get into his line. <laughs> I thought maybe people would see that Cody was over here and they start rushing over there. So I got to meet him and I, I, I couldn't really talk to him. So somehow I managed to stumble out, hey, um, when are you going to come back as, uh, as Cody? Mm. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, you, he, Mark. <laughs> and he he kind of looked at me strangely. Okay, he's he about to, he's about to sign his, uh, his autograph. And then he kind of stopped and looked at me. And then he then he looked down and signed the autograph. And said, he's like, hey, man, it's not for a lack of trying. And then a couple months later, you know, he quits. WWE gets his release. And, you know, the whole Cody Rhodes, the nightmare start begins. And as a fan of his... To know that he bet on himself, right? He didn't want to mm-hmm. settle for, you know, Stardust or being in the Medicare. He wanted more for himself. Right. And I think that's a great story for anyone. Like, hey, bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't settle for what you think people are giving you or what they think your ceiling is. Right. 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 And for him, he had no ceiling and he saw himself in a certain way and he wanted to get there by hook or crook somewhere else. And so for him to be put himself in a position to where the owner of a company comes to your house to sign you, that's big because Vince isn't going to Kevin Owens' house to sign him to an NXT deal or Nakamura or he's not going to any of these guys' houses to convince them to come back or to work for his company. But he went to Cody's house. Mm-hmm. Got Vince, on the jet. Vince, Vince may be in Chicago right now. We don't know. Hey, he might be. <laughs> he may be in Chicago. Or, hey, he's, he's still laid up from that back surgery he had, right? When he's trying to duck Allegedly. the feds, ain't he? Allegedly. Yes, that's exactly yeah, right. He, he's, <laughs> he he's still spinal. ducking he the feds. Yeah, he he's yeah. investigating them. Spinal. Yeah, he's he laying low. He a little bit him. more sleeping pills, man. Go ahead and take another nap. I got this, man. <laughs> hey, he he might have hit him up on the pager, right? He might have right. <laughs> pulled out the pager and hit him up on that. But, yeah, just for me, um, just, to see, just to know his story, to, to, to be proud of him, betting on himself to get the position that he is, because... I'm really surprised in a lot of ways that Cody is as, as over as he is in WWE playing that type of character, man. He is that 1980s white meat, vanilla baby face, right? Mm-hmm. True and true. He is the Dudley do good character and it's over like Rover. So I love it. Every single bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but love for Cody, obviously. Um, Maybe he'll finish the story, you know, a little bit later on, a lot a bit later on. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Um, but pivoting, Ryan, Ryan, real quick, let me ask you. Let me ask you about Cody. Do you think he would be as popular 
right now if he would have beat Roman at WrestleMania? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I think that uh, obviously there's a ceiling, but when you eclipse your moment at WrestleMania and you and it depends on what they had planned, what they would have had planned for him as a champion. Right. You got to make sure your champion stays not over. But he ha- he would have had the ability to do that. I mean, that momentum, that was the, that was the strongest momentum pushing someone who was not going to get the title that I can really remember, to be honest. Hmm. But that's a good question. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. Um, See, I really thought Drew was going to win. I it, I really thought in Cardiff, I thought he was going to win. And when he didn't, I said, "Okay, got it." That would be that's, like a close second or third because a lot of people on Twitter was in arms yeah. when Drew didn't win that. Uh, yeah, you may have to go back, Ryan, to like Dusty Rhodes. I mean, you would have may have to go back like 20, 30 years right. for someone where you say like, yep, this is their moment and they didn't get it and they haven't gotten it yet. Even Rock, the one year at WrestleMania where everybody just knew he was winning the title, they pulled back from it and then they had him winning that backlash a month later. At least he got it a month later. Right. Um, this one, you know, he hasn't gotten it yet, but I'm actually the opposite. I think that he wouldn't be as over right now with the fans. There would have been starting some fatigue or some booze. I don't think it would be like 60, 40 or 50, 50 or anything like that. But right now he's not getting a boo in any arena he's in. And I think that looks a little different if he would have came in the way he did beat Roman. And now he's off to the races. I think it just looks a little different. Well, I'm glad you brought up dusty because that is the story, right? We have to think back. And the last person we can think of is dusty. And you know, the, the picture that Cody has on the frame, because he thought it happened and he, and it really Mm -hmm. didn't. Um, so that really fuels him and pushes him. And I think that gets the, you know, the fans behind him. And it's really hard to follow a, a star like Dusty as, you know, the, the, the son or daughter of, you know, Charlotte's done a great job, obviously, following uh, Ric Flair. But that's not very easy, right? Not and, at all. And he, is, and he is maximizing that opportunity. Um, you know, you may be right. Maybe he might have flamed out. You know, they wouldn't. He wouldn't have flamed out a pyro though. He would have had a ton of pyro after he won the championship. I'll tell you <laughs> right. right there. Um, but you know, that, that one, remains to be seen. That remains to be seen for sure. But we pivot to the prediction that Cody made e um, about the uh, dissension, the uh, the breakup, the uh, fallout of the bloodline. Um, we're seeing it, and kind of every new story we're introduced to every week. I always think about. CNJ Uso and Jimmy and Solo were there at uh, Wale Mania um, at WrestleMania. And Jay pretty much promised there's a lot more story here to be told. So stay tuned. Uh, sometimes I'm not exactly sure where we're going, which might be, I guess, a good thing to keep me on my toes a little bit. But what, how, how are we feeling about where the bloodline is headed lately? We'll start with Matt. My, 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 how oh, this conversation. Yeah, we'll start with Rhodesia. Oh, no, no, no. Matt yeah. could go, but I'm just saying, my, 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 how this conversation would sound a month ago mm-hmm. versus today. If we would have had this conversation a week before SummerSlam, it would have been Skittles and rainbows. Everything is beautiful. They can't miss. And they have arguably missed every week since SummerSlam. I, I think Jay going to Raw is fantastic. I think this is also their way of keeping Jay and Jimmy separate until mania. So we are going to get brother versus brother in Philly this year. Cause it doesn't make sense to not do that now, but they they've sputtered on the SmackDown side. 
and you would say, okay, like, well, how did you sputter if you planned this? Because they, everything that we've heard was Cody was never going to win at WrestleMania. And the Brock feud was set in stone weeks before WrestleMania. So that means you had that locked down already. Okay, we have Cody's plans going to take him to another level. And this goes through SummerSlam. Fantastic. It feels like right now they are going by a week to week on SmackDown. Jimmy is the one that started this with the kick to Roman. Now he's okay with not being kicked out of the bloodline. This is the first time that they've done things that just doesn't make sense in this story. And the good thing about wrestling is they can always erase it and do something this week. And we're like, oh, okay, they course corrected. But this is the first time that I can ever remember from the bloodline story where I'm like, you know what? This this isn't the best right now. And knowing that now Jay is away from Jimmy. Okay, so they are running this until WrestleMania. Mm, okay, so we, we, y'all got six months or whatever it is of TV with a champion that's not on television. With Cody, we'll see if he's traded to SmackDown. And maybe that's why Jay's on Raw. But even if that's the case and you still wait to do Roman and Cody at Mania, how does the next six months look on SmackDown TV. And that's kind of scary to think about. Isn't Philly known as the the city of city brotherly of, love? Your city of brotherly love. Yep. Wow. That's there a great you point. go. That guy, there Jimmy go. and Jay built right there. I can see it already. I, I scratching my head. Um, again, I don't really understand what's happening with the bloodline up until this point. Up until SummerSlam, they didn't fail me. They haven't failed me, so I'm still going to give them the luxury of trying to keep me engaged. But I am completely like, what the f? I'm not understanding what's happening now. But again, all great things doesn't last forever, so you just take it and try it. And again, like Matt just said, this is wrestling. You could just write again or or keep writing. So, but if you asked me this a week, a month ago. Oh, Ryan, I'd be up here telling you my five favorite wrestlers is die line, die line, die line, die line. <laughs> Roman, 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 Roman. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, Roman doesn't even exist right now. Um, but Yeah. I like with I like Jay on, on Raw. Uh, man, I was telling Matt and Rhodesia the other day on our pod that he came out there like a superstar. He had that place rocking. You know, I, he... he he brought that crowd alive like an old school hip hop concert, man. He had them doing the wave and the music was hitting. It was powerful. And and Matt was making fun of him because he was running out of oxygen. <laughs> right. When he was trying for him to hit the yeah, promo, he right? He was up. gassed. Yeah. yeah. Boy, was blown to the gills. Yeah. <laughs> but I I like that. I I like that. That's that's real, right? Because he was hit with emotion. Now you feel the emotion through the television screen when he came out there. I love that. Now, you talk about on the SmackDown side, I don't know what's going on with Jimmy and Solo. Roman's not there. Uh, the bloodline seems to be kind of discombobulated right now, to say the least. And when you go backwards and listen to Roman saying, you know, this is steak dinner, the same fast food, whatever the comment he made after Mania, man, I don't know what kind of steak dinner this is right now. I'm vegetarian. It ain't good, right? <laughs> like it needs. Hey, pass me some some A one or something because it ain't working. Spice it uh, up, man. Some Himalayan salt, um, for sure. Yeah, I I I think they brought Jay back too early. Number one, I I get the setting though. You know, yeah, um, I see that premium live event. You got Cody Rhodes passing it along. I could do a little bit without the Grayson Waller effect. 
You can do a little bit more with the parallax effect. Um, <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, I like that. I, I think it was too a little too early because even though you knew the little wrestling rumors in, outside the wrestling world had no weight, it you still got to let the people sit. Like, Jay quit. What's he going to do? Where is he going to go? I mean, we all know, you know, what's building, what's coming back. But you got to let that fester in the fans a little bit longer um, than two weeks or whatever it was, um, in my humble opinion. And as far as Jimmy is concerned, now crossing over, coming back, I guess they do have a little saving grace on what Solo told him about you're not out until we, we say you're out or whatever the, mm-hmm. whatever he said. They may have a little bit there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I am unfortunately confused because the the whole story and i was even sending you know youtube synopsis to people who don't even watch wrestling like i bet you i can get you interested <laughs> check out this bloodline saga. right oh yeah. my goodness right. they deserve an emmy um yeah. so it, it, it's it's something i hope that they can rekindle somehow well, is there you any have chance Heyman. you will you will you have Heyman. is there any chance Roman beats Hogan's record. I hope is so. there is there is there a world where they <laughs> have Roman hold on to the title until next September to clear Hogan off of the top. Now Roman is the top, and then Cody gets the belt after that. Wrestling gods, if you're listening, please free my mind of the immortal one. Free my mind of the Bret Hart career tried to be stopper. Free my mind of the one they call Hulk. I said it. Iron Sheik's not around to say it anymore. I said it. Free my mind of this guy. Hey, Hulk Hogan, what did Booker T say? Roman is coming (laughs) for you, you. sucker. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is probably the only opportunity in in our time, in modern era, that we will ever get nobody's going to hold the title again for like four plus years not any anytime soon i really think that they may be having some discussions about on, this you know what nobody's ever going to get this close do we want to have that top person be hawk hogan well i guess it still be bruno take bruno out do we want that top person to be hogan do we want Modern that top era, person to be roman reign you know that we're putting up billion dollars a year in money with him being on top. That could be a thing. I didn't even think about that. If you're talking about you're ready, if we're conceding that Roman will drop at the earliest mania, then what is another six months? Five months. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whoa. Something about. How about you? Anything? He doesn't have to defend it, right? He can just sit home for another six months or whatever it is and, and, beat, the, and beat the street. You know, it's, it's a sad thing, right? Cause we're all for culture, and it, it what Hogan did, the video, and then the fact that the half apologies afterwards, it kind of hurt me as a as as a young E because I was a huge Hogan guy back in the day. So when we talk about getting rid of Hogan, I remember, you know, Ricky. I said Ricky Steamboat was the first one, but the next one was Hawk. Mm. Like I was a Hawkamaniac. I remember watching. On a, this 13-inch TV, it was Hawk Hogan versus, uh, I believe it was Bob Orton Jr. I think it was Bob Orton Jr. And Bob Orton Jr. was beating Hawk down through the whole match. Man, I was crying. I'm like, come on, Hawk. I'm trying to wheel Hawk 
through the match. And then, you know, when we got down to like the end when he's hawking up and he's going through the paces, I'm like right there with them. I'm like, get him. I'm jumping up and down. I, I think that's the, the moment I remember actually being that excited and being that energized for a wrestling match was in that moment. I was right there with him. And then when he hit that leg drop and he got that one, two, three, I mean, you would think there was like a thousand kids in that room because I was elated, right? And so I have so many fond memories of Hawk from my childhood. And then he just just ruined it, mm. you know, just ruined it for me. And I haven't been able to look at Hogan um, since then. And in a lot of ways, it kind of, for me, it just destroyed, like, his legacy for me. Like, right? So, like, in some ways, I feel hurt as a fan. Like, man, like, you know, we got to erase this awesome legacy because Hawk really did help put the WWF and I think even wrestling on the map. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about you know, that. Back then, mm-hmm. right? The, the majority of people that watch now is due to Hogan. It right. may not be for them, but it could be because their parents watched him or their cousin watched him, and now they're yeah. into it. And it, it sucks, man. It, it really sucks when all you had to do was give a proper apology. Right. And that's not saying that it would have went away. No. But like E, the first time I ever shed tears for wrestling was when it was the, uh, the Hepners where uh, Ted DiBiase paid him off and it was yeah. the bat, you know, oh, yeah. Saturday Night's main event. I boo-hoo, mm-hmm. cried. So was that was the first too. time that you found out that they were twins or oh, brothers? Yeah. You never knew. You never knew. Yeah, we, we, we never, never knew. knew. Yeah, okay. never no knew. one never knew. Yeah. Yeah. No one knew. Um, and the story they told was like it was plastic surgery. <laughs> they weren't twins. Like that's how much money a million, million dollar man had. But you think about that. And I actually met Hogan as an adult. Super cool, it seemed like. And not to say he's not, right? But because him and Hogan, I think, are still cool or cordial but it's like you had an opportunity to to do something and when you got somebody like kofi who kofi loves everybody i've never heard kofi have an issue with anyone kofi's kind of like i'm good on you booker t is like "Uh," and booker speaks his mind but we've also never heard anybody say like oh booker's super hard on people or booker doesn't you know what i mean like it's none of that you're just like okay well now i know where where we are with it and every time they tried him back out and we, I hear that music, I'm just like, dude, go home, leave. Like, I don't know why you're still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's, he, he gets a mixture of boos every time he's on the, uh, on the screen. Yeah. And those aren't like affectionate boos. Those aren't Kurt Angle boos. Those aren't John Cena <laughs> right. boos. Those are like, bro, Get up out we're of done here. with you, man. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need you introducing any more live events. We've had it. <laughs> Enough. Exactly. <laughs> Who... <laughs> Who takes the title off of Roman? Cody? I'm going to go ahead and say, who else but Cody? It's just a matter of when. And so for me, I know Matt mentioned he could possibly get drafted to a SmackDown. Like, I don't know what the financial means are for USA and for Fox, but if I'm, if I'm USA, I'm not getting, I'm not, I, hey, I love Jay, but I'm not trading Jay for Cody. Like, no, Cody, you, you, you right here, baby. Hey, Jay, welcome. Welcome. But Cody, you, you right here next to the hip. You're not going nowhere. And I just don't know how you keep Cody and Roman apart for that long if they're on the same brand, right? How, how long can Roman deal with the bloodline while also ducking like Cody? I, it's a lot easier to not own two different brands and they can bring them together at some point 
in some other kind of fashion, right? You got elimination chambers. There's an there's opportunity for a championship run. He can run wind of rumble again. There's a lot of different ways for Cody to get into the title picture, but it's, it sounds, it'll be a little bit more far fetched that they're, they're allowing them not to touch for like whatever, six months or whatever it is on the same brand. I'm sitting here trying to figure out the answer to that question to try to outsmart the thinking of what booking really is. It got to be Cody. It just has to be Cody. It has to take it off of Roman. I can I can um, dream book and say that The Rock will come back and take the head of the table and the championship. But again, what does that do for wrestling? Nothing. You know, as far as being that, that champion, that's not going to do anything. Now, yeah, if it was the head of the table, that's something different because that's a family thing. Um, but it has to be Cody. Yeah, you know, you think about Cody's story. And is Cody's story winning the championship his dad never won? Or is Cody's story beating Roman for the championship that his dad never won? I think it's the first. I don't think mm. he, he does he's not attached to Roman's hip. He doesn't have to beat Roman for that title for us to feel like, man, he finished the story. Awesome. But he's probably that's the smart money to do mm-hmm. that. If, now if you want to if I want to take an outside. If I was betting and I'll say, okay, this is probably, you know, the second person at plus 500 odds, I would go solo to beat him. Um, and then the next person that if it's like plus a thousand odds, I would probably go Gunther. I got a 2000 plus odds. Who's that? CM Punk. And it's going to be called the real undisputed oh, championship. Let's go. <laughs> let's, go, let's go, Bill. CM Punk has made his way back to the main event picture. Wow. We are in I the like Twilight Gunther. Zone. I, I like Gunther. Yep. Give me that. Gunther? Mm-hmm. Gunther. Gunther. Um, I love him. the way Samantha Irvin announces him, too. It, it really puts him way over the top, too. Um, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't sold on Gunther. Uh, early on, but I am now for sure. Samantha you and me both, brother. You and me um, both, man. I always say, like, when they changed his name, for one, I was all about Fat Walter. I was all about Fat Walter. I'm like, this guy, when he finally goes in against Brock and Keith Lee at the time and Roman, I'm like, man, this is going to be great. Because that's all I knew was Fat Walter. He started dropping that weight and they changed his name. I was like, I don't, I don't like Fit Gunther. I, I, no, I don't like this guy. And I guess Vince didn't either. And he was almost out of here last July, but mm-hmm. he made a believer out of all of us. Mm-hmm. He is, he is on a run. And I love his matches so much because he doesn't have a finish. He just beats you until he wins. And whatever right. that may be, if that's a power bomb, if that is a clothesline, whatever if that is it a takes. super stiff yeah. body slam. Mm-hmm. So like you, so he doesn't have a cadence to, you can, you can tell when the finish is coming. Cause he'll string along some moves. But he doesn't have that typical um, pattern to mm-hmm. the end of his matches. And it's fantastic. Right. It kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. And I kind of like the multiple ways to finish the match and not having a true finisher because, you know, we all know it's that one thing you can kick out of versus all the other times mm-hmm. you got dumped on your head and hit with exactly. you know, all the kitchen tools and appliances and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, e, you going with Cody to the throne? I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't have to reiterate or ask. I think that should be a given, right? <laughs> Cody all day. Gotta be. Gotta be. I mean, Cody's definitely the obvious answer. I love the Gunta uh, mm-hmm. um, pre- predict, uh, prediction as well, too. 
Uh, but I think lost in the shuffle here has been Seth Rollins, even though he has a title. Um, we saw at WrestleMania and every event, I mean, at SummerSlam, probably you saw the same thing. They won't stop chanting Seth's theme until they get cut off. Like, it, it, it'll just mm-hmm. keep going all night. And I felt that at WrestleMania because I was the one of the ones doing it um, as well, too. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I understand that, you know, he, again, he has a title. They found a way to, to make him happy, I guess. But I think he's getting a little bit lost in the shuffle here. So when you say he's lost in the shuffle, are you saying you want to see another program with them two, with both of them being champions, with just Roman being the champion? What in, in your perfect world with that, what would that look like? I like his interactions with Roman a lot. Um, I like the story that they told, uh, was it at the Royal Rumble um, yeah. over a year ago? Um, yep. I think you put Seth in, first of all, he puts in good matches. I like that they, you know, put him back with Finn Balor and kind of fit, uh, continue that story that got cut off a while ago as well, too. Um, but I think just when we talk about the top of the top, you know, we talk a lot of Co- Cody, we talk a lot of Roman, we talk a lot of Brock out of respect, even though he's mainly putting, and I'm, I like that about Brock right now, that he's putting folks over, um, he's doing yep. jobs, um, something that people, you know, that don't really know him said he would never do. Uh, so I like that, but I just think Seth should be mentioned a little bit more, I guess. Okay. That's fair. I would say with Seth, and this is just kind of like a, a, I don't even call it a weird time in wrestling, but when the, what is it called? The under the heavyweight championship, when it first came out, I really did want Finn to win it. Um, but it was almost Seth's championship to have anyways, because again, he has busted his ass over the last two to three years being that workhorse there. I always felt Seth was a top tier, but then you get people who are Roman and you get Cody that came in. And these are just two. And I mentioned it on our pod last week that these are two larger than lives. Like we remember when Vince would say, no one is bigger than the WWE. And now we finally got two people that maybe they're not bigger than the WWE, but they damn near close to being bigger than WWE in Roman and Cody. So you get someone like Seth who would probably never be bigger than WWE. And he just seems like he's so far away from the top. But I think Seth is, he is top tier. I absolutely love Seth. Besides Orange Cassidy, I had said for years that Seth should have been the MVP. He has been the workhorse of the wrestling. You know, Seth, Seth Rollins is like the modern day Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm. Yep. Right? He's not quite Hulk Hogan. He he wasn't able to be the ultimate warrior, right? But he's always in the title picture. He's always a credible threat to any world championship match. He's somebody you can plug in and out of any situation. He's going to excel. He's going to give you a great match. People care about him. But for some reason, he's just not thought of in that same regards as other big names. Mm. I'll I take that as a compliment, is. though. Yeah, don't call me Hulk Hogan. Don't call me Ultimate Warrior. I'll take the Macho Man <laughs> over those two. <laughs> but, you know, no, like, but- it, I, I'm curious, Ryan, because, uh, you know, Matt and Rhodesia asked a question uh, some time back. They said, is Seth Rollins over or is his song over? Seth Rollins is over. Yeah, most definitely. And I think... Uh, Coming out of the shield, um, you had three great performers in their own right. Um, and Seth was the one who kind of got the head start, you know, right away. There was having a little bit of trouble 
Um, and that, and I don't think this was Roman's fault. I think this was a booking thing because they were really trying to, you know, make him John Cena 2.0 and the fans just didn't yep. want that. Mm-hmm. Um, they will not mm-hmm. take it. But Seth really showed himself early. And I will say this, I wasn't that big on Seth before uh, and because I thought he was a little bit reckless in the ring. And Seth mm. told a story about how he had met Bret Hart. I have to throw Bret in these conversations. I don't know why. And how he had addressed how Bret had said some things like, you're not too safe in the ring. And that really hurt Seth because Seth had really looked up to Bret. Uh, but they were able to come together and kind of talk about it. But I felt the same way um, early on. And then he continued to, like like Rhodesia said, just be a very hard worker and and prove to me that, you know, he deserves to be right there with, with the Cody's and the Romans. You know, you just, you, you really have one title you got two titles but you I mean you have one where you ask pretty much anybody and that's the one that they want so it's really really hard to uh, revolve several names and keep them all at a very heightened state um, all at the same time especially uh, when you got someone with the momentum like Cody Rhodes and you know I think with Seth Seth is so good in the ring there's been times where they just haven't given him a great story or even a defined character for years, he was known as he would come out and say before they actually changed his name to Seth freaking Rollins. They would say he would say, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. What does that mean? Right. And that was like his gimmick. Burn it down. Yeah. OK. I remember from the one feud of burn it down. But then it's now in your song. What does that mean? The, the people in wrestling that are most over are people that have clearly defined stories and characters. If you were asking me right now, like, what is Roman? We all know what Roman is. We all know what Cody's whole thing is right now. You know, if you go to AEW, who MJF is. You know who Kenny Omega is. You look at Seth and you say, okay, you dress crazy. You laugh. And now people sing. That's not enough to eclipse Cody's story or Roman's story. Or even hell, right now, that's not enough to eclipse LA Knight's story. Mm. So I, I don't think it has anything to do with him. We know he can go in and have a five-star match with anybody five times out of the week and twice on Sunday. But it's, 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 they've missed with him at times of telling me, who is this guy and why should I care about him? I think well, that's why we maybe don't look at him. Like all, all he really needed stuff. to say when they asked him about the Seth freaking Rollins question is, "Hey, I got it from the That's Freaking Wrestling podcast." Boom, hey, problem solved. There we go. He's over. He's over. Let him know. But, you know, <laughs> my man. Shout out to you, Seth. My man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, Seth moving forward. You know, we'll see uh, who challenges him and who works with him. But what about you? Mentioned L.A. Knight, right? Uh, another great story as well too um, not well thought of they're thinking about making him a manager and whatnot and you know mm. he gets the chance mm. to just go out and speak to the fans what do we how we feel about la night hottest guy in the company by far and, and that excludes nobody he's hotter than cody he's hotter than roman roman's not around but he's hotter than everybody uh i think i wouldn't have said this and this is why they get paid the big bucks. They know better than we do. We've been clamoring for LA Knight since January. He was done with Bray. Rest in peace to Bray in January, February. And then he was in a state of just like in pause. Didn't have a match at WrestleMania. And then we were kept hearing, okay, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And, and it was like, no, it's never happening. And then we finally got it right around Survivor or SummerSlam. And now we're on that trajectory. And not that Miz exposed him. But Miz proved that 
he's got a little more ways to go to carry a feud in the way we see him at as of right now on the microphone. Miz, Miz got him. In those two head-to-head microphone battles, Miz got him. He talks about it a lot of he's not the strongest in ring. He'll get you a decent match, but I don't think we were ever going to probably walk away and just say, man, you know who had the match of the night? LA Knight. That was a four-and-a-half-star, five-star classic match. I don't know if he's that guy, but you don't have to be that guy. We know that. Right. But I think now it, it, we are, I'm starting to see, okay, yep, slow and steady wins the race with LA Knight. But mm. I would, if I was cashing my chips in, yep, I, I think he can be the top guy on SmackDown, and I think that business will stay through the roof with him being your top guy. So for me, LA Knight, I was not an LA Knight fan, but my reason was because I was tired of getting my feelings broken and my feelings hurt because for ever since what you said, January, I'm like, yep, here's LA Knight. Yeah, rah, rah, cheer, cheer. How are you going to have a a WrestleMania in LA without LA Knight? Nope, didn't get nothing. Didn't see him at all. Ghost. Yeah, that was wrong. And then again, time after time. Okay, no, this is the push. This is the push. This is the push. This is the push. Nope. And then finally, he had something with B-Fab, and I knew he liked the ladies, the chocolate ladies, and that's when I became a fan of L.A. Night. Because <laughs> he liked the sisters. Every time you tell that story, it's just like, what? <laughs> L.A. Night came home, man. He came home. <laughs> yeah. He, he, could turn, uh, he could turn the hot dogs over on the grill at the barbecue. That's mm-hmm. it, though. He can't cook it. He can just, like, turn the hot dogs over. Yeah, that's enough to get him in, though. That's enough yeah, to get yeah, him yeah. in. Yep. Hey, he might have got some, some seasoning packs in that fanny pack that he be wearing, man. You never know. <laughs> right? Some but I'm a, I'm a big uh, LA Knight fan, and he actually grew on me because I, I, I've i been aware of him for quite some time. I've seen his stuff in uh, Impact and NWA and then even in NXT. It's just that his work on the microphone, and I think his in-ring has gotten much, it's been much improved. Um, I think he was very slow in, um, in pro- like probably in NXT. Like his matches were, very, they weren't even just there. They were kind of snooze fests for me. Uh, I just think he's continued to improve. And that was the time. He's not a, a young whippersnapper either. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's in his early 40s. Um, he's finally getting his his big break. And he's deserves it because how many people can say they can, they're over with the crowd, right? Like when he opens his mouth and he talks, I mean, the crowd is with every catchphrase. They're right with him in every single moment he is in the, in, in the ring. So I expect big things from him. And that was a great time for him. If you think about it in hindsight, it might have been a, a nice time for him to start now, his ascension, because, right, we don't have Roman. Like, right now, LA Knight has a lot of real estate to kind of operate and do his thing. Now, has Miz outperformed him on the microphone? Maybe. But Miz, I think, is just really underappreciated yeah, very much by the so. entire wrestling community. Very like, he much is so. Solid. He is he and he is great on the mic. He's not just okay. He is great on the microphone. I remember the first time I really, really appreciated Miz on the mic was when he was feuding with Brian Danielson on Smack Talks mm-hmm. no years ago when they had that after Smack. I mean, he cut this amazing promo on Danielson that night and there's so much fire so much piss and vinegar but so that was a shoot Miz right has it yeah mm-hmm. i think it's i think yeah. it's a lot of shoot ends promo mm-hmm. yeah yeah he was he danielson egged him on a little bit though i mean i don't oh, blame him um Cause, obviously cause, yeah because danielson was shooting on him yeah. right 
You can shoot on him. But yeah, LA Knight, he, he's, he definitely has it. I wonder what his ceiling is, though. Like, can you really see him as a world champion, Ryan? You know, I, I, the jury is still out there. Um, I, I think he's a, a really fantastic, like you said, on the mic and storytelling outside of the ring. I'm waiting for him to tell me that story inside the ring. Yeah. Um, it hasn't quite happened yet. Um, I think the um, money in the bank would, would have been a good moment for him. But, you know, the powers that be decided that he wasn't ready yet. And maybe they're maybe they're right. Um, by the way, I do like that uh, what the Judgment Day is doing with all the uh with all the hardware they're collecting um and all yes, that kind man. of stuff too um so i'll be yes. remiss to not you know mention that but yeah i i don't know yet the jury's still out for me and i don't want to be kind of fouling that pitch off e but i think he has the following to be a champion just tell me that story in the ring and i'm sold mm-hmm. before we leave this topic i it just came up in my head how y'all said miz which i'm saying it to miz ate him alive. I'm going to say it that much. I mean, he really gave it to him. But the last time I felt that way of almost that uncomfortable feeling was when it was John Cena and Roman. And John Cena ate into Roman. And what happened out of that? It just made Roman a better person, a better character. So I think with someone like an LA Knight who's been in a ring, who's been in a, in a mic feud back and forth with one of the greatest to do it in The Miz, I think this is only going to make LA Knight better. Agreed. Uh... So we, we, we move on from L.A. Night. Uh, we mentioned the Judgment Day, so I want to touch on them uh, because they've been putting in, I mean, Dominic Mysterio, man. Boo. Dominic Mysterio for me. Oh, my. We got some <laughs> booze happening. That means he is doing his yes. job. What are we, we thinking, have we, have, we ever seen, have we ever seen in a period of a year, 12 months, because remember, he turned in Cardiff a year ago okay. on Edge and, and Ray. Have we ever seen a wrestler in a year go from what Dom was then to what he is right now? I thought about it a few days ago. I can't think of anyone that was so treading water. He needs to go down to NXT to figure out his character. He can't work the best in the ring. Man, it's been years. What are they doing with him? To him being one of the MVPs of the entire promotion. I can't think of anybody else. I so can't think of him. either. But when he talks and the whole crowd boos him, it's, it's so to another level, even more than what MJF gets before he became a good guy. As soon as he's done with the mic and pass it on to the next Judgment Day person who's also a bad person, it stops. Like, it stops. <laughs> instantly. It just, like, instantly stops. I mean, he gets so much, what you call it, missile heat, what you call it? Heat. heat. Red just, hot heat. Boy, yeah. white heat. Like, for real. Dominic used to trip me out um, early on in, in Judgment Day. And he always you would start wins promos. I wish mommy was here. <laughs> yeah. If if mommy was here. Like that was it was like he's like this smitten like kid. Mm-hmm. Um but I love Judgment Day. I, I talk about them all the time. I think this is the best Finn has ever been in his entire career right now as a character. Not in talking about um in, in wrestling and entering. I'm talking about as an actual character. This is the best character work he's ever done. I think Rhea has really 
flourish in her role and she's kind of becoming the pseudo leader now they say they don't have one but she definitely is the the reason in the group um senior money in the bank damien is, is getting a lot of shine in this is coming across very strong and of course dominant is probably arguably the best heel in the actual business from a heat perspective like a true real heat perspective like we talked about who's the better heel mjf or dominic and i said dominic because he's a real heel people don't like him like right, right? people still like mjf they right? want to like him they, they want to like him and they they love to boo him but people don't love to boo dominic they want to boo dominic because he think they think he's an asshole i think the group is amazing i love that they have all the gold I don't know what's next for him because uh, I wish in some ways that we can possibly get like the bloodline, the original bloodline back together versus Judgment Day, Judgment Day in War Games. That would be a treat. I, I don't know who would be facing, who would be healed in that scenario, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think the moment for me that really told me that Dominic was over as a heel um, was when he was able to carry on all that heat without his dad, right? You told the yeah. story with your dad, it's over with. Now, will anybody care? Oh, they care even more. They still yeah. hate you. Um, and the story's yeah. over. Uh, Ray so I just, left to a whole nother, to SmackDown to get away from you, and you still get hate from it. Right. And it was just, you know, I, I just like to see, especially for the reasons that you gave, Matt, about they who was going to give up on him, what were we were supposed to do, and it just completely turned around for him. And I agree, I can't really think of someone who made that such a drastic uh, turn. Uh, speaking of MJF, has he gone too far, or, or was he going too far during his uh, uh, zenith as a, as a heel? <laughs> when he don't get them let started. that drink, don't, he don't let get, that don't drink get both of them touch started, that kid, please. <laughs> I, if I had a bat, I probably would have swung it and hit him. If, I, if, if he poured a drink on my baby, or spilled a drink on my kid, it's over. Over. Period. It. Period. Uh. It's over. Was, was that? Was that? Was the kid placed there? Was he? Was he? Uh, was no. That, a, that was not a plant. That was not. That a was plant. not a plant. No. Nope. And double no, we, down on it right in front of Tony Khan. Say again. And double down on it right in front of Tony Khan. Oh, the kid was thirsty. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> he sure did. Which I mean, you I have forgot to, about that, right? Yeah, like you have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I don't I don't think it was racially motivated. People try to make it oh, seem like a, think a it racial that, thing. No. I, don't no, I don't think it had think anything so. to do with it no. at all. Uh, but you you can't probably do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. You, you, you can't probably do can't do that. No, you you do not do that. <laughs> but yeah, he did it, and he got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know when we when it happened, um, I was just in a group. I I, I hated it, mm. and I um, I I think I mentioned to somebody. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the context of the storyline was, but. You know, I mentioned like, yeah, I didn't like it. It was a black kid too, and you know, it immediately triggered Mac. It's like, oh, it's not racially motivated. I'm not saying it was. I'm saying it because it was a black kid. It triggered me because mm-hmm. I saw my child in that child. Mm-hmm. Like, right for some reason, I envisioned my ten year old, and it, I just immediately got hot about it. Like, because if that happened to my son in front of me, I will be on one. Like, I like I don't. I'm not the kind of guy that likes to fight people. Like I don't, I don't do that anymore. Maybe back in my my, my day, I thought I, for some reason I thought I was the guy. 
This guy, um, but, yeah, Ryan, you know, if you don't know, used, if you don't know Ryan, back in the day, Ryan, he's like five foot four, tell him. 102 pounds. Oh, say this, okay, sorry, so hey, this, is, he, he, this is disrespectful. This is definitely, I'm definitely, I've always been heavyweight, number one. All right. And if I was a wrestler, I'm 5'9". If I was a wrestler, I would be 5'11". Right? right. So it's, it's <laughs> that's fine. True. That, that's but, true. But yeah, I I I will I wanted to fight, and I wasn't yeah. mad at MJF the character. I was mad at MJF the man because I felt like he should have known better. Mm-hmm. I felt he went way too far, like right trying to draw what some kind of heat, some can get some kind of a boo. He can do that without you know putting water onto. I, I just believe that you should protect children at all costs, right? At all costs. And I feel like he just crossed the line in that moment. Um, I'm I'm still kind of not happy with the man behind the character just yet. It, like that that moment really kind of took some some fandom for me. Yeah, I think they pushed the lines a little too far. And there was you know some instances with some of the things he was saying uh, in the ring uh, that was kind of like I could do without you know. And a lot of like always, oh WWE is gonna come and give me money and. Come on, man. We we Bidding trying to push Bidding wars in 2024. Here. Yeah, we we. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm past that. Yeah. Um, because to your point, like it was cool the first couple times, but when you keep doing it, and now with maybe Tony not having the best managerial slash leadership skills, MJF is still saying his contract is up in January. The chickens have the chance to run the coop over there. I'm sorry, Tony Khan. I uh, don't mean it as any personal disrespect, but you need a couple special enforcers to go around and uh, make sure everything stays in line over there. Um, CM Punk gone, like we said. MJF can be out of control and doesn't seem like there's any kind of reprimand for it. Um, you know, I'm all about getting, you know, because that's the WWF playbook from the Attitude Era, right? But even Stone Cold mm-hmm. knew where his boundaries were, you know? Hey, I, Tony, I told him I'm willing to come out of retirement because, you no, know, back in the day with, with the crew, I was the enforcer of the crew, Ryan. Mm. I was the guy. Even, I was like the heavy. Even Ryan. I was the guy, which, which like, was the guy they called, right you know what I'm saying? Which crew? Like, hey, e, I, yo, what crew was hey, that? E, which crew? E, go get him. I believe Go get him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I'm willing to do that for him. But, hey, I got a question for you, Ryan. So do you think... So if if MJF's contract is up, let's say you know next year, as he's saying, if you're MJF, would you go? Let's talk about the money. Cause the money is probably going to be right no matter where he goes. I would I would imagine. Right. Would you go to uh, AEW? Or would you go to WWE? I don't see a reason to leave AEW at this point. Um, they they've definitely handled your career the right way. They held on to you until you were ready to be released into the main stage. You took full advantage of the situation. Um, you've had a you know pretty decent title run, a long title run. Uh, I don't I don't feel the need to come over. My sentiments I agree. too. Yep, yep, I agree because because he can't be who he is now in WWE, mm-hmm. and that's not even just saying okay I can't cuss. No, you would have to completely probably not completely, but before Roman and Roman's a different type of heel because for the majority of this run, Roman has gotten more cheers than booze. Not now, of course, but if you look at his run, um, they, they, they haven't used heels 
to their maximum capability. MJF is a face right now, but I think them running shows like Wembley and will continue to run Wembley, that's their WrestleMania. And yes, it doesn't have the WrestleMania name in front of it, but I'm working in front of 70,000 people. That used to only be a WWE thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so now we're checking that off. MJF is going to probably keep the king, the, the keys to the castle in AEW. He's already helping with storylines over there, things that he just wouldn't do in WWE. Uh, to East Point, the money's going to be the same. That, that won't be an issue. It would just be, hey, do you think that you can become bigger? Now, he absolutely can be bigger in WWE because they have more eyeballs. So say if his thing is, man, I really want to get to Hollywood. All right, and then maybe going to WWE for three or four years may be the way to get the maximum amount of eyeballs on you. But for him liking what he's doing, I think that I, th- I think he's staying at AEW. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he can't leave. Tony cannot. Tony would have to do anything and everything possible. MJF leaving would be a bigger blow than Cody and Punk combined. Wow, because I think Cody was a huge blow to AEW. I think Cody leaving, especially as a back, as a, I think he was one of those locker room leaders that they're solely missing. Yeah, right now. I, I think in the in think, the locker room, yeah, that was definitely a huge loss. But on in the yeah. ring, Cody had pretty much wrote himself out of the title picture. So where were you really Which going? Was a, that was that was part of the problem too. Is that that early on he kind of wrote himself out of that. Which I mean, it's wrestling. He could have undone done that. Which true, um, true. But for me, thinking about MJF, so he's twenty seven now, right? So he'll be twenty eight, twenty nine, kind of somewhat going to the prime of his career. And whose prime if, is in thirties? Typically, your prime is in your forties in wrestling. Well, shit. I mean, look at LA Knight right now. But um, you, if you think about if you're MJF, if he were to go to WWE. Right, I don't think by any means he get lost in shuffle, because if if you want to talk about wrestler a wrestler that he personally knows that was able to go and be themselves and flourish, he can look no further than Cody Rhodes. Mm. Cody Rhodes is every bit of the same Cody Rhodes that he was in AEW. In some ways, he's he's the better version of Cody Rhodes in the WWE with the machine behind him. Just imagine, take the cuss to cursing out. Right, mm-hmm. just imagine MJF in the machine with that pyro, right, right? With the pyro, if he signed like a four year deal with WWE, just being in that machine, having that worldwide appeal. And because here's what we we don't talk about wrestling, but we do, but we don't acknowledge it. There's WWE here, and then way over here, you got AW. Now, AW, I mean, they awesome at the Wembley Arena, they did 80,000, whatever it is. But WWE is a worldwide brand. With Why years of experience. With years of experience. Just mm-hmm. imagine him going to WWE, like the type of brand that he will be building there, right? He could always come back to AEW and be an even bigger star because guess what? He's, he's, been, he's been a bigger global entity going on WWE. And I think also, I think his, that's one of his dreams. Now, he like everybody else, he started as a WWF or WWE fan. Um, so that's something he would want to do. I just think it might be a great career, a career move for him. He can get that that star power from being in that machine. That's a good point. Very good point. Um, whatever he decides, we shall see what happens. I mean, I think there'll be big plans for him either way. He will definitely have to adjust his approach. 
coming to the WWE in this PG, you know, era. He's about 30 years too late, 25, 30 years too late um, <laughs> for that. But um, man, that's freaking wrestling. That is freaking wrestling. And that is freaking wrestling talk. But before we close up, though, we do a little thing here. Uh, we call it light speed. Uh, it's, it's kind of a play on rapid fire, even though it doesn't go too rapid because I end up slowing it down anyway. So I just downplayed my own segment, but um, <laughs> that's all right. getting my heart rate high over here. I'm like, oh yeah, God. Yeah, we, light, need, to, light we need to simmer that down a little bit there. We were having that conversation uh, in the chat. Um, but would you guys like to participate in light speed? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's do Let's it. Do all it. right. We got light speed here with That's Freaking Wrestling, Matt, Rhodesia, and E, Thug, E, Enforcer E, oh, Lord. as he already oh, has man. told See? us, um, as Ryan, well too. Come so on. the first qu- I got to play it up, man. I got we all got to give. Got to leave the so, gimmick. He's man. so proud of himself you know, over there. Look, you know. the he's blushing right now. He if we don't lift the you gimmick. Know. Why are we living? Uh, first question here on Light Speed: Top five wrestlers. Um, anyone could start of all time. <laughs> Roman, 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 Roman. 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 Hers. There you go. That's that's rapid fire. E, you want to go next, or you want me to go? Shawn Michaels, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, Mr. Perfect, Steve Austin. Stone Cold rounding off the top. What we got, Matt? Give me Flair. Give me Austin. Give me Rock. Give me... I got to put Hogan in there, unfortunately, because, like... I wouldn't be watching wrestling if it wasn't for Hogan. Hogan. And then let's have some fun with the fifth one. Let's do like... uh, Cody Rhodes. Nah. Let's do Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Um, My top kind of sort of reflects your top. Just take out Hogan at heart, obviously. I think that's not a surprise Mm -hmm. to anybody. Um, But we got some honorable mentions, obviously. Undertaker. Um, well, how how do you right. in a, in a top ten? Right, we're not going to do a top ten, but in a top ten, it um, is is John Cena in there for y'all? He's the goat. Absolutely. So, like, what, are we basing the, what, what are we basing this question off of? So this this list that uh, that I hypothetically always uh, make up and talk about has to do with a lot of things: in ring capability, um, longevity, uh, fan appreciation, promo ability. And I had a fifth yes. metric on there, uh, yeah. and I don't remember I mean, what just, it was. You said longevity. Cena yeah. was on top for like a decade. Yeah. So, yep. How about you, E? You know, I'm not a. I respect Sean Cena, Uh-oh. but he's not. He's not Watch my. He, he's not on my list. He doesn't crack the top ten. He doesn't crack the no, top ten. Those numbers with, with with what Ryan just gave you, he doesn't still crack the top ten. Promo ability, longevity. But you said also said fandom, right? So for me as a fan, I don't like. Seeing John Cena, mm. at all. not even now. He's uh, he's a little better now. Mm. Yeah, I get it. You can't see him. You can't. That's why. That's the whole. I point. get it. No, did, did you did you guys watch Raw? No one could. <laughs> How good was that, man? That was very Stu's good. Song. Props to the Stu's Miz, song. man. Props to the Miz for laying that out. Yeah. Like we said, very underappreciated. Um, top five tag teams of all time. Mm. Oh, I'll be fair. I'll be honest on this one. So we're gonna go Usos, Young Bucks, FTR, The New Day, and Lucha Brothers. Give me mm. FTR, Usos, 
Um, Heart Foundation. Legion of Doom. Last World, World Warriors. Warriors. Um, and then Young Bucks. Young Bucks. All right, Young I'm going to go uh, Usos. Midnight Express. I'm going to go Arn and Telly. I'm going to go Demolition. Mm. And then I'm going to go to Road Warriors. The Road Warriors. All very fantastic choices. I like the uh, the ode to some of the you know teams of the past that led to the teams of the future. But a couple of your answers there led me to my next question. Young Bucks or FTR? For me, it's Young Bucks. And quick FTR. honorable mention. Quick honorable mention on my tag team, the Ascension. Go continue, oh. Sean. The Ascension. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost can't continue this podcast now. I mean, I'm so disgusted right now. I shut this shit like, all the way down. She, she like, all right, it's the Ascension, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you another story about the Ascension another day, right? Um, man, she threw me off. What were we talking about? <laughs> FTR or Bucks? FTR oh. or Young Bucks? FTR. Man, that's such a hard question because Young Bucks revolutionize a lot. Mm-hmm. If we're talking only in ring FTR, if we're talking about the entire kit and caboodle, Young Bucks. So, a- as a physical therapist, man, even the bumps that uh, Young Bucks and Omega take, they really make me cringe a little bit. Like, they, mm. you have to be very, mm. very skilled and trained to take some of the bumps that they take, uh, all for our enjoyment. Um, uh, yeah. I-, I thought I was going FTR, but I think I'm going to slide to the Young Bucks. Um, surprisingly, because the FTR is more FTR wrestles my more my style of wrestling, you know, more technical, more mm-hmm. get you on the mat and grind you down a little bit. Um, but I'm taking the Young Bucks here. Um, next question: Brian Danielson or Kenny Omega? Come on, why would you do that? I thought we were cool. <laughs> That's a good one. He's he's at rapid fire. Hurry up, Rudisha. Light speed <laughs> is okay. I'm panicking. <laughs> um, Brian Danielson. Oh. Mm. American Dragon, baby. The best bomb machine, Kenny Omega. Kenny mm. Omega. Um, I, I I ask these questions because I have trouble with them, you know, so I seek some help. <laughs> um, I've been saying Kenny Omega is the best, you know, wrestler in the world for several years mm-hmm. now. Um, but there's nobody I respect more than Brian Danielson. Um, and mm-hmm. what he's done to, you know, uh, to rise up the ranks and early in his career and stay on, especially after injury. Man, but I got to lean to Kenny. Sorry, Brian. There you go. I got to lean to Kenny, man. There, is, uh, there, there are no wrong answers here. Man. You know what I mean? Because these questions but, but are absolutely set up. It hurts a little bit, though. Yeah, it does. yeah, these questions are set up for us yeah. to, like, look like a buffoon if we say the, 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 other, <laughs> the other name. So... It's, it's all good. There, there, there very, there's a lot of thought going into these questions, and I give a lot to Kenny, too, because everything he's done has been outside the WWE uh, push, um, and that's very hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. What happened to, I guess this isn't really a rapid-fire question, but or light-speed question, what happened to Sami Zayn and KO? Momentum Ooh. after WrestleMania, did they live it up to it for you? Nope. No. Uh, what happened to them was they were not in a story that we cared about afterwards and then ko got hurt right one of yeah, them got hurt later. i mean he was later, only though. off he was only off tv for a couple weeks 
Yeah, no, it, it was no story. You had the incredible buildup with the Usos. They take the title, and then they were stuck in this Judgment Day and Imperium main eventing mm-hmm. every week with nothing on the line on Raw. That's not good enough when you're coming off the hottest. I mean, there were some people who said that their story at WrestleMania was hotter than Cody and Roman's story. So you're coming off of either your your top story or your second biggest story and your biggest show of the year and you don't have a follow-up plan with the titles. That's that's what happened is that they didn't have anything for them. You know, um, we've seen this story many times when the face, you know, is it kind of it goes to Matt's hard would take about Cody, Cody winning the championship, right? Like a lot of times, once that baby face finishes the story, it kind of goes downhill because like a lot of times, it's the, all the sizzle was in the chase. And then once they get that 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 goal, it kind of fizzles. We've seen the count time. I remember I was a big Sting fan back in the WCW days. And every time he won the championship, it was always very look, look lackluster reigns. And I think that's what Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were victim of, right? There was a lot of um, intrigue on them chasing the titles. And them. And once they got there and they got to the top of the mountain, it was only one way to go. And it was down. They didn't have any proper feuds. Um, they didn't have any meaningful things to do after winning the championship because now... The Usos were kind of in a story with Roman, right? Roman immediately afterwards was like, hey, if you guys don't win, this is going to happen. So now really it's not about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's really about the Usos and Roman and Roman, Roman Reigns at that moment. So I think they're just a victim of, you know, I'm trying to, I, I don't know if this is a PG show or not. So I'm <laughs> trying to oh, yeah, say, wait, I say what you mean my head, say it yeah. with your chest, man. You know, it's, it's once you get the girl and you have your good time, and now the thrill's gone. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, we'll just leave it there. Because <laughs> I was, I was going to say something else there, but okay. Yeah, mm. so, you know, I, I think uh, moving on to, 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 to Job to the Judgment Day was the right move because we didn't really see much. No offense to Sammy and KL, I like them both. I think Sammy... Uh, has great creative control when he's allowed to have, you know, control of his matches and kind of help dictate the pace and stuff like that. So I think that they would have given him something to roll with. He definitely would have been able to roll with it. Um, and, and real quick too, Ryan, they have an incredible opportunity to tell a arguably just as good of a story with now Sammy and Jay on Raw. Yeah. Sammy trying to be peacemaker with everybody. The bloodline mm-hmm. screwed over. Hey, give him his a first chance. Night back. Like, yeah, his first night You know back. what I mean? Like, they, yeah. And then, of course, KO would be like, look, dude, I'm over it. We, I've had yeah. this conversation with you. We should have left them in the past. So now we're going to be able to see when they have a story to sink their teeth into, they'll, yeah. they'll get right back to where they were before. Very good point. Very good point. I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome of that for sure. Um, best wrestling theme song. We can only pick one. Hmm. Oh my god. In history? In history. I'm going to go NWO. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good pick. Only because I botched my first lightning speed, fast question, speed round, whatever you call this. Um my favorite wrestler of all time is the Undertaker, so the dong would be my favorite. Because that is just that's once you hear too. it, you know it. 
You yeah. know it. And maybe Austin would probably be in second. Yeah, I'm not a ticker guy either, Ryan. Um, that's a darn good question. I wasn't ready for it because there are a lot of iconic songs. I think NWO is one of them. When you hear it, you you automatically you know mm-hmm. what's going on. I might say as Rodriguez ended with Stone Cold, like when that glass break, you know what it is, right? Like you know it, and it was such a defining moment for his career too, because like that glass breaking meant so many different things for him as a character. Like right, he finally broke through that glass ceiling. And he had a head of I never thought about it like that. That's a fantastic point. That's so a fantastic it's, point. And the song still it still hits. But there's one song, and maybe you can think of it because I know this. I can't think of what it is. But there's a song that when I hear it today, it still hits hard. But I can't think of what that song is. For me, that song is Batista. I walk alone. <laughs> That's the only uh, one that I'll tell Alexa to play outside of any wrestling show. And I'll just sit and simmer in it like, yeah, he's, he's talking now, to me right so now. What's going on? How much how much of the pyro and him shooting it has to do with your love for the song? Oh, a, a lot of it, too. But I mean, yes, it just man. a lot yes. of it, too. Yeah, because it, he 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 very he combined well with the pyro for sure like that. Man. And uh, it, it did That's a so lot good. for for him and his entrance, for sure. It was it was fantastic, man. I miss that guy. But he's doing great movies. Oh, and that's my next question. Uh, one guy for movies, Cena, Rock, Batista. Batista clears all of them. I was going to say that, and I love Rock and Cena more, but yeah, Batista is yep. the man. This is the last one that he was in where it was about to be the end of the world. Blew oh, my yeah. mind. That was a good one. That Blew was my good. mind. His range is incredible. Like, yeah, the Rock plays The Rock. Right, every movie mm-hmm. is The Rock for the most part. Cena's starting to diversify pretty well, but Batista, I mean, hell, yeah, Guardians. I mean, he, like he's doing what uh, Blade Runner. He's he's just he's all over the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yes, those are I would say the cream of the crop when you think about wrestlers going to Hollywood. Um, Batista, especially, I, I watched Guardian Galaxy um, recently, and he was hilarious in that movie, and. I actually prefer John Cena, the actor, over the wrestler. I like a lot of his stuff. Peacemaker uh, he is excellent. A, he's great in Peacemaker. He has a very awesome comedic timing. Um, he was in a movie, uh, I can't think of the name, uh, with uh, it's a brother. And vacation they're like, Friends. Uh, vacation Friends. Yeah. Man, mm. Hilarious <laughs> movie. Hilarious. Yeah. That it's hilarious. bird's about to shit. <laughs> <laughs> John, John Cena is a, is, a, is a great actor too, but I gotta go with the Rock man. He has so many great movies. Man, I wish I wish Black Adam would have panned out for him. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I like the movie. For me, it's, it's the Rock. Me too. Yeah, and I think it, I have to look at the numbers. It was did similar numbers to the Flash, didn't it? Um, so I think they kind of gave up on that a little prematurely. Um, I, I, I'm with yeah, Batista because of the. Yeah, I, I'm with Batista because of the the variability that we talked about, but you can't mm-hmm. deny that The Rock helped break that ceiling that we just talked about, like with Stone Cold, of wrestlers being marginal to bad actors. I mean, mm. well, sorry, even just Cole. to your question, now that you say that, it has to be The Rock. I mean, for me, it's Batista personally because The Rock wasn't he the highest paid actor in Hollywood? He was. Yeah, he was. That speaks to something. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, well, he's what they call him, the most recognizable movie star or something like that. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're looking at just dollars, yes. But, yeah, uh, but Batista's a better actor, actor. I'm looking at who's the best actor. Mm-hmm. And it's Batista is the best actor. All three have done great things, uh, pushing, you know, pushing wrestling. I, li- I like that a lot because it's making wrestling more popular with those guys. Mm-hmm. So putting it yeah. further on the mainstream. Um, the final one here is your favorite wrestling title and favorite iteration of that title because the looks always change or maybe there was a certain wrestler that had its own that had his own or her own uh, title that you may appreciate. I don't want to be here forever, so I'm just going to say the IC Championship right now with Gunta. I would say maybe the the white IC belt, but it's funny because I don't own it. <laughs> like I, I have the WWE Championship is behind Rhodesia. I have the big gold, but I don't have the Intercontinental. So is it really my favorite? But that's the one I'm going to go with. That was iconic when it, with, with the white leather. You know, I only have one championship I bought in this right there, um, which I, I don't know why I still have it in the case. That's the big gold. Um, I love the big gold. I love the look of it. Um, I, I love the NWA back in the day. That was just, it was just amazing TV. Like when I first discovered NWA and that was actually, uh, it was Barry Windham. I was, I don't know how, I think it was on channel 50 or something like that back in the day, y'all like channel or maybe channel 56. It was on a weird channel. I discovered NWA. Um, and I and like the, I had to get the rabbit ears and kind of adjust them. It was kind of, it was kind of, um, uh, what, what was it back in the day? Uh, static, staticky. Yeah. yeah static-y. Remember you had, to, you, had, you had to flip the knob. It was like, what was it like UHF and like something else to like something you else, had two, yeah. four and seven on the regular ones. And then if you yeah. wanted to get 20, 50, 56, 62, 38, you had to like, yeah. man, like that's old school. Yeah. We, we, okay, we're it was really like showing our age. We really we showed our age. This podcast by about forty we, years. We showed it. So, sorry, Ryan. No, <laughs> like I, I, I was right there with y'all, man. I was right there with y'all. They used to call hey, me in there. This? Oh, yeah, oh, there we go. Yeah. We were about to say, how about this? Not only did I had to go turn it, I had to stand by it because the electromagnetism in me. I just made up a word <laughs> don't, there. Don't help, move. Help. Don't yeah, move. Yeah, we yeah, can see right, right there. there. Yeah. Like that, that, I could tell, I was the youngest child. Kept it running. <laughs> Those were the yeah. Days. I remember seeing um Barry Windham on one of the WWF tapes back in the day, and I I saw him like on his NWA. It's like, oh, what's this? And I started watching, and then I got into Ric Flair, and he had that gold, that big gold, beautiful championship, which is why I actually love the World Heavyweight Championship so much. I think it's a homage to that. So that's my favorite. Excellent. Yep. I only own one title myself. It's the winged eagle back there that is also still mm, in the uh, case as well, too. So I probably have to take that one out um, as well. So that would be my favorite. Um, I know the million dollar championship isn't a real winnable title, but that that was always a, an excellent title. It looked really good. One. Yeah, as another well one. too. Yeah. Yeah. So those two, and I like I like the white intercontinental too. That was also a very stylish um belt. But I think it was it was Macho Man who put the uh teal on the winged eagle, wasn't it? Was it him? That it might uh be it, Ultimate Warrior. It might, was, was it Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, it was Warrior. Yeah. I think, yeah. right? I think it was The Warrior had a yellow one too. He had a bunch he had like different colors. He, for a while he'd come out with different color belts. Yeah, yeah. That that teal one, um, my revisionist history history is now saying it's Macho Man for selfish reasons. 
Um, but that's okay. Um, is another uh, a title that I that I like. But the wing winged eagle is the one that that for sure is uh that's my that's a good one. Problem. And that's the it one Cody's really bringing back. E if he wins the title, when he wins the title, he has said the winged eagle is coming back. You know, I would love a revised version of that coming back. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the of the undisputed title. Yeah, it's a little. Well, plain. anybody who watched wrestling back in the day, we were talking Hogan, uh, Brett, Shine, the Wing Eagle was the epitome of what we all looked at as the top prize. So, right. no doubt, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. And as far so as, I, uh, go ahead. It looks like it was Ultimate Warrior. Is that possible? They had the blue yep. one. No, them, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. It's, it's very, it's very, very possible. possible. Yep. Yeah, very yep. possible. That's been pulled up. I think, like... I think he even had an orange one, too. Yeah, like you said, he had all the colors to match all them tassels um, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was running around with as well, too. But as far as the uh, the, the wrestler-specific, uh, Stone Cold's championship belt is is head and shoulders um, above any of the, uh, the, the wrestler-specific belts for me. Yes, and it's not even close. I agree. In, yes, indeed. So I told you light speed doesn't go that quick. We can all catch up to it. Um, but it is a good theme either way. Uh, that's freaking wrestling. Uh, we, like I said, we had Matt, Rhodesia, Enforcer E in the building. Came in, shut it down. What did we learn today? Red Day, you're just an awesome guy, Ryan. I just wanted to say this in the beginning, um, but Matt was still in a little bit of my thunder there. When we first met you, you had such a beautiful light about yourself. And I remember when we left, I'm like, man, Ryan's just a good guy. Like, and I wish him all the best of luck and everything that you do in your future. And we were blessed to even just meet you ourselves. So thank you for being a light. Keep on shining. Um, very much appreciated. The, the blessings go two ways. Cause like I mentioned earlier, um, if it wasn't for the work that you all have done and the inspiration and the words that you gave, there is no parallax effect podcast. It still remains a dream or an idea that I wake up and go to sleep with and wonder why I hadn't tried it yet, you know? So a million thanks to, to each of you. Ian, Matt, what did, what did we learn? I learned you gave E four more gimmicks on this two-hour <laughs> podcast. I already had to deal with this one gimmick. Now you just gave him three more. So now he's going to rotate. So I was going to say, hey, man, now you got to come on our pod. But maybe not now. You know, he's like, gonna do two more gimmicks for him. He's, like, he's gonna do two more, and then now, like, he just comes with a different gimmick every single week, and we can't have that. So that's what I learned. But uh, no, overall, man, fantastic conversations uh, with you. You know, last time we actually had a chance to talk for this long was actually face to face Mania weekend. So you know, we DM'd back and forth a little bit, but great connection. Um, and Marudija kind of just said everything. Just I'm happy that you have this platform. I am super excited to see how you grow and just don't forget us. Yeah, the little grow, people make here. sure make sure you bring us back. Make sure you shout us out. And it's all good. All day, every day for sure. You already know that. Um, welcome anytime. Uh, we still have to schedule our uh revision, our rewatching, our recommentating of the Iron Man match, one of the uh for quintessential, sure. most influential matches in the history of wrestling Matt, mm. the history and we're all going to mm. witness it together what'd you learn e i'm i'm there with you man 
I just learned how great of a guy you are, man. I love the story. And that's that's what our community is for, right? To connect with each other, to help each other grow, to inspire and encourage. And it goes both ways. I love that um, if we can continue to tell those stories and do that for our culture in this community, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think that you learned what I already know is that Matt and Rhodesia are heels. They're heels. You see how they're trying to turn on you just for being a good person and being genuine. They're just quickly turning on you, snap of the finger, right? But hey, just let you know, I'm here for you, man. Like, right? And now I know, I, here's what I saw there. I know I got another brother, man, that I can call on, right? I can, and cue the music. I, 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 can get a, I can get a run in, right? Like, hey, Ryan, <laughs> save me, man. The heels are trying to beat me down. I can get Ryan on the DM to come run in for your boy and save him. Thank you, Ryan. Look here, man. I stay in gorilla position, man. I am ready to hit the curtain. <laughs> Cue the pyro because I need to, you know, stop and do my little Jeff Hardy on the way down before I come help you out. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll be there for you, man, all the way. This has been another episode of the Parallax Effect podcast. We got That's Freaking Wrestling. Where can the people find you if they haven't found you already? Yes, we are on all the socials for the most part. Uh, we're on Twitter or X at that's FNW. Also on Instagram, that's FNW. YouTube is that's freaking wrestling. And we are on every single podcast platform that you would be listening to us on right now. Type in that's freaking wrestling. Hit that follow button and you get us twice a week, every week. Twice a week, do yourselves a favor. That's freaking wrestling, especially if you are a wrestling fan or even if you're looking to get into wrestling. A lot of knowledge. Uh, to pick up and learn on their show, a fantastic show. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for joining us today here on the Parallax Effect Podcast. Let me remind you all, you can find us on Instagram at Parallax Effect Media. You can find us on Facebook at the Parallax Effect Podcast, on Twitter at Parallax Effects. Once again, that's Parallax Effects with an S. And search Rylocan27 on TikTok or Parallax Effect Media because we are there. Uh, we so much, thank you so much. Please give us a rating, hopefully it's five stars. If not, let me know what I can do better because so we can grow, um, we can provide entertainment and we can reach more people out with our show. Um, thank you for joining the Parallax Effect podcast where every angle reveals a new depth of understanding. Mm -hmm.